This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Wildfire smoke blanketing the skies for millions of Americans. There's the red sun again. National Weather Service issuing air quality alerts all over the northeast, stretching west to Ohio and even as far south as the Carolinas and Georgia. It's very strange. I got up out of the subway and it looked like a zombie apocalypse. Overnight, New York City's air quality registering as the worst of any major city worldwide. Two top elected officials are calling on the feds to take over Rikers Island and are expected to introduce a resolution to the city council. This comes a week after the controversial death of Joshua Vallis, who was being held there. Valle's attorney says he died more than a week ago at a hospital from a skull fracture, a different cause than what the Department of Correction allegedly told the federal monitor. Congressional opposition to President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness program is dead in the water. President vetoed a bill that passed by both chambers of Congress that sought to squash it. The veto is a significant one as it impacts 40 million people, giving student loan forgiveness up to $10,000 for people making less than $125,000 and $20,000 in forgiveness to Pell Grants recipients. The fate of the program now heads to the Supreme Court. Former Vice President Mike Pence launches his 2024 GOP presidential bid. He is one of three candidates to enter the GOP primary field just this week. Today, before God and my family, I'm announcing that I'm running for president of the United States of America. Former President Trump received a letter from the special counsel's office in recent weeks informing him that he is, in fact, the target of an ongoing investigation relating to his handling of classified information. The letter's intent is to put the subject on notice, on notice that they're likely facing possible indictment. She comes down from Yellow Mountain. On a dark flat land she rides On a pony she named Wildfire With a whirlwind by her side On a cold Nebraska night They say she died one winter When there came a killing frost And the pony she named Wildfire Busted down its stall In a blizzard he was lost So you see when Jason Barrett writes a story yesterday in Barrett Media, which is pretty popular, read by a lot of folks who enjoy radio, and he quotes me on Monday saying that nobody in the history of WABC gets my ratings. I'm not even sure that's true. 
Maybe Ron Lundy did. I don't know. But nobody in the recent history. The reason why we get those ratings is because of stuff like that, which had nothing to do with me. See, I'm all too willing. I must was like this, too, every now and then. All too willing to give my guys credit when they do something genius. So when I walk in this morning and Lou Rafino says, we're starting today with Wildfire, which is a song about a horse, but Wildfire, and he knows I love that song, after what we experienced yesterday and today and tomorrow, it was genius. So congratulations once again, Lou Rafino. That's nice, but now I'm going to say I 1,000% regret telling you, or at least telling you, as early as I told you. I should have just told you at 5.58. Right, because I was walking around screaming wildfire for about 45 minutes. Oh, yes. is, that, is that what was going on? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell because someone two was seconds, screaming. Every two seconds, I'm like, she went calling. I heard you in every <laughs> room. I heard you in, in the hall. <laughs> I Justin came in, like, exasperated. Like, I know. Bro, bro, I know. Can't do that anymore. I love that song. My wife hates it, the beautiful Danielle. And when it comes on in the car, I blast it. And then uh, we're going to play it twice today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right before Alina Haba in the 8 o'clock hour. And it's genius. And look, you know the story. I, I, yesterday, for Sid Rosenberg, it was a normal day. What do I mean by that? I didn't lock myself up inside. Man, it was like COVID all over again yesterday. These moronic leaders of our city and state, Kathy Hochul and, and Eric Adams, or they're going to hand out a million masks today. God, stop it. Now, I understand if you've got asthma, some type of bronchial condition. I've got both, I think, today. I mean, I've had a horrible uh, bronchial infection for a week now. Horrible. So I, maybe I need a mask. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But to hear the mayor say last night, last night stay home tomorrow. I mean, have we not had enough of that? Seriously. Don't stay home. Don't listen to the mayor. Listen to Sid Rosenberg. Don't stay home. Enough of staying home. We got 9,000 vacant offices in New York City. Nobody wants to work anymore, you lazy bastards. Don't stay home. Put a mask on if you have to. You look stupid, but just do it. And get up and go to work. I am so tired of our leaders telling everybody to stay home. COVID, some stupid fire out of Canada. Somebody farted on Park Avenue. Stay home. What are we doing here? We're incentivizing people to stay home at every possible turn. We're going to pivot and shift on the farts that have affected <laughs> our city. Yeah. Go to you, work. You will stay home if you have to, but the farts will remain. Now, look, I wouldn't sit outside and sun myself. I wouldn't play volleyball like we do in my neighborhood quite a bit. I get all that. I wouldn't do any of that. But get up in the morning and go to work. Damn it, enough already with public officials trying to make excuses for people to stay home. It's gross. And if you're staying home today, F you. (laughs) I mean it. You're part of the problem, not the solution. Get up, get dressed, and go to work. Put a mask on if you have to. Put on four masks. Again, you look stupid, but fine. Although I will say this. I had a good friend of mine tell me yesterday, I never wore a mask during COVID. I said, well, welcome to the club. They had my picture up in my apartment building. But I'm wearing a mask today, and I said, okay, fine. Look, when I came out of the gym at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon and the sky was a bright orange, it was it was weird. And the smell, for me, it was eerily reminiscent of 
That's what it reminded me of yesterday, 9-11. So, I don't know, it's about 3.30. I'm done with the gym. Regular day for Sid. Went to work, went out to eat, went to the gym. I'm not staying home. And I get a call from Whitney. Whitney is Jesse Waters' producer. And she says, uh, listen, we're doing this air thing tonight. you mind giving me three or four talking points? I said, sure. And she goes, can you come in tonight? I go, well, I got to tell you, it's kind of late notice, three hours away. I got to take my son Gabriel to the orthodontist. That's right, folks. I even went from downtown to uptown, take my kid to the doctor. Regular day. I said, well, it's going to be hard, but what I can do is I can get dressed now, dressed up, you know, for TV, take Gabe to the orthodontist, put him in an Uber back home from the Upper West Side, and Fox News can pick me up and take me straight to Waters. Great. Love the idea. Let's do it. So I get all dressed up, black slacks, black button-down jacket, uh, shirt, I should say, yellow sport jacket. I look great. Not good, great. And um, I'm in the cab, and I get a text from Whitney, and she says, man, I hate to tell you this. I really wanted you to come on. You're still my choice, but they went with a weather person. Not even Janice Dean, mind you, some weather person. And they asked me. So then I had to sit in this cab. I couldn't roll down the windows because of the air quality. And he wouldn't put the air on this uh, this bastard. And I'm wearing a black button-down shirt, sweating my balls off. And uh, it made for a miserable uh, couple of hours, but fine. But uh, I gave him a couple of notes on the air quality, which was, A, reminiscent of 9-11, People who did not wear masks during COVID are wearing masks today. I guess if you've got asthma or some type of bronchial issue, it may be dangerous. I don't trust anybody anymore, though. You should have said the building when I went out a couple hours after we got off the air. And people were all, the sky was, you know, completely orange. Yeah, and weird. So I went downstairs to just check and I walk out. And there were a couple of people walking out. Behind me, like suits and everything, and they started covering their face. Oh, it's so stupid! I know. Oh my God, what is going on? They and and they're like, "Oh, this is terrible." It's not terrible. They took two steps. Right, it's not terrible. I went, "Look, you got a hundred people on the street walking back and forth. They're not Ah. on the ground struggling for air." And then everybody took the same (laughs) picture from from Rosanna Scotto to some no name guy (laughs) on the Instagram yesterday. One thousand pictures of the Brooklyn Bridge with an orange sky, but. I guess uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, my dear friend, and also John Katzmatini's dear friend, he had some opinions on this yesterday. He was on Katz and Cosby. We'll play these two cuts, Lewis. Dr. Mark Siegel on Katz and Cosby. Great show, 5 p.m. every weekday. Here yesterday he talked about prolonged exposure because as far as I know, it's still going to be around today, not as bad as yesterday. And even tomorrow, Dr. Mark Siegel-Lewis, cut number 13. I'm most worried about prolonged exposure. If, if it's just one day, this is not 9-11 we're talking about here, right? It's not asbestos in the air. It's, it's smoke. It's, it is hydrocarbons, uh, and it's particulate matter, and it's carbon monoxide, carbon di- dioxide. If you have this exposure over days, we're going to see a lot more health issues. And if you have chronic underlying health problems like lung disease or heart disease, it can be worsened by this. It may not all be irreversible. That's with prolonged exposure. Yeah, I saw some doctor from New Jersey with Dana Tyler on CBS last night. He's like, I usually get two or three calls a day. Now I'm getting 30. Of course. Do you understand we are loaded in this society with hypochondriacs and psychos? 
And all it takes is one of you morons out there to say, don't go outside. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. One more, Mark Siegel, 14, on wearing masks. As of last night, the emergency rooms were not filling up, but they're starting to see an increased volume today. Some of this is panic and fear, no. and some of it is asthma and pulmonary, pulmonary problems. It's the all air panic is and terrible. Fear. The yeah. air is mostly... Uh, shut it off. Just go to work. work. Be quiet, Siegel. Get up and go to work. Stop looking for excuses to stay home. Curtis Slewa did something funny yesterday. I'll play it later. And I did tell uh, Jesse Waters to put Canada on the same list as China. I know they gave us Gretzky and Messier and my friend Ryan Duguay. I get it. I'll always be in debt to Canada for hockey, my <laughs> Ranger greats. Because they gave us some yes. good players. And yeah. they gave us Michael J. Fox. I like Michael J. Fox. You know. <laughs> and they gave me Messier. I'll, I'll, always, I'll always be grateful yeah. to Canada for yes. some players. They that gave we me Messier. I got the cup. <laughs> but uh, this Trudeau is some backstabbing son of a bitch anyway. So Anyway, we'll get uh, more into this later. The other big story, of course, is something I've known for two weeks. I told the judge, nap this, will join us later on today. Trump is going to be indicted any second now. And I know everybody, oh, the feds are closing in on him. We've known this for a week. He's going to be indicted. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Just trust me. Just trust me. You know, I've got a pipeline right there. Liz Pipko and the whole crew. She hasn't said a word about this to me, but I'm just telling you, he's going to be indicted. And it's going to happen maybe today. So uh, keep your eye out for, uh, for that one. We're going to talk to one of his attorneys, Alina Haba. She makes her second visit to the program coming up at 810 this morning. And, of course, Joseph Takapina. He'll be back with us tomorrow. But Trump is going to be indicted. That's going to happen. Uh, then you've got uh, Mike Pence, Trump's vice president, who's got no chance of winning. I mean, none. You know, one of the reasons why the Republicans did so lousy Election Day 2022. And maybe the biggest reason was the Republican stance on abortion. And I did argue with Lydia Serrani about this, and she was right. The Republicans have no clue how to handle abortion. And it's important because women vote. And most women are pro-choice. And I'm pro-choice. And the Republicans est the bed when it came to it. Now you got Pence. He doesn't even want to hear it. How is Mike Pence going to get any real percentage of anybody? No, I know it's the primary, right? We're not talking about the general election. I'll never get there. So, yes, Republican voters tend to be pro-life. But this guy's got, I mean, no chance. Nice guy, conservative. And then he comes out yesterday. He announces he's running, and he just hammers former President Donald Trump. So we'll play a couple from Pence here, Lewis. I guess this is the official announcement. Mike Pence, cut number one. This country has been so good to my my family, and I've been honored to serve it. We both have. And it would be easy to stay on the sidelines. That's not how I was raised. I've long believed that to whom much is given, much will be required. That's why today... Before God and my family, I'm announcing that I'm running for president of the United States of America. Oh, oh my God, they're clapping. What a disaster. I love the buildup. I know. I love when they yeah. say that. Why don't we should all make tapes like that? Where's Beningo? What yeah, a disaster. Just, I'm Joe Benigno, bro, and I know this country is in big, big trouble. I'd like to now intend my announcement for president of the... Oh, let's take a call instead. Like, I don't know. 
So here uh, Pence goes on to talk about, you know, January 6th and, you know, how he stood for the Constitution and Donald Trump did it and he's going to stand for the Constitution every time. And I'm good with that. Don't get me wrong. But here's Pence. He leveled Trump about two or three times. Here's the first one, Lewis, cut number three. Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution provides that the President of the Senate, the Vice President, shall, in the presence of the Senate in the House, open all the certificates and the votes shall be counted. Kaylee McEnany. Uh, no more, no less. Okay, shut God, I'm, I'm begging you to shut up. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jesus. Somebody <laughs> please shut my pants up. Yeah, was, I, the pauses I mean, are beg- great. These, these, right, these ridiculous pregnant pauses, I get it. But my, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you didn't say anything afterwards that was so astounding. It's taking like 50 seconds to I say mean, 15 words. Obama spoke like that. It was so annoying. <laughs> uh, McEnany goes on to say, because she's fighting with Trump anyway, that Pence has the Trump experience. Here's Kaylee McEnany, cut number 17. He talked about the progress we made together for a stronger, more prosperous America. And as he was saying that, he's playing images of his role in the Trump administration as vice president. You saw him at a disaster zone. You saw him talking with the troops. You saw him touring a factory. And he looked very presidential, obviously reflecting on a time when America was better. And that was during the Trump years, of which he's the only other candidate on the stage other than Trump that can say, I was there and helped to make that you know, dream of ours a reality. Um, not only that, he's seasoned. He stood toe to toe with Kamala, which you could say, oh, that's easy to do, Kamala, but also Tim Kaine. And his debate performances have been widely hailed. So having been under the fire and the fire, um, I think that behooves him on a nine person stage. All right. Uh, two very famous deaths yesterday, too. You know, to mention uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Thurman Munson's death, also the great Yankee captain who. Of course, uh, piloted his own plane and crashed, I believe, not far from his home in Canton, Ohio. But yesterday we lost comedian Pat Cooper. You know who hated Pat Cooper? Steve Sharippa, our dear friend, a.k.a. Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos. He despised Pat Cooper. Cooper died yesterday, and so did one of the all-time wrestling greats, the Iron Sheik. And we'll talk about both of those guys with our first guest coming up at 640, and that is the host of the other side of midnight, my good friend Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, 705, Judge Andrew Napolitano, coming up at 745, Alina Hava, Donald Trump attorney, 810, Gnomes Nuggets, coming up at 825, the ratings grab of the week, the great Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840, and my dear friend Bo Deedle, coming up at 905. It's the Thursday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City, that's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. In a blizzard, he was lost. She ran calling wildfire. She ran calling wildfire. She ran calling dark of the moon I planted But there came an early snow As 
been a hoot owl howling by my window now for six nights in a row she's coming for me I know and on wildfire we're both gonna go we'll be right Stick it, you know where you can. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. As you can see outside, it's as orange as Sid Rosenberg and Donald Trump are when they come out of a tanning bed salon. But this is revenge from Canada. Wildfires burst in the maritime provinces now in Quebec, coming down the Northeast corridor. They're upset. They've always lived in the shadow of the United States. I remember we even made a movie, Canadian Bacon, where we invaded them and made them into the 51st state. And then, naturally, the Canada goose, the Canadian geese who poop all over us. That is a nemesis, but this is the worst yet. Poisoned air dropping on New York and the Northeast Corridor. American technology will save the day. Look at all these air fresheners. Trudeau Jr., RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Dudley Do-Right, and his favorite Steve Nell. You will not overcome American technology. You may try to poison us. With your air from Quebec and the Maritime Provinces, but we will persevere. In fact, I will be the boy in the bubble. You will not take us down. We are the USA. 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 Take that, Trudeau. there by Curtis, who of course will join us in about 35 minutes. He does each and every weekday morning at 7.05. He's doing a great job for this show, I can tell you that. Great job. So funny stuff there from Curtis. Coming up at uh, 7.30 this morning, the owner of our radio station, John Katsimatidis. John puts on a great show every weekday afternoon with Rita Cosby and 9,000 other people. I can't even name the people in the studio yesterday. There was like seven. I know Craig Eaton and the judge, but voices pop up everywhere. But John is the man, Katz and Cosby, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon. It's a terrific show. And then he really does an amazing job every Sunday morning, 8 a.m., the Katz round table. And he has restored him and his beautiful wife, Margot, and Chad Lopez. I always include Chad. They've restored the legendary status, the legacy of WABC. 
And he's going to join me once again at 7.30, right in between Curtis Sliwa and Judge Napolitano, to, I guess, um, bask, uh, bask in the sunlight, if you will. Bask in the sunlight of victory. Because if you buy today's New York Post, and they recommend you do, that's right, go outside, folks. Go and stay home. Don't listen to the mayor or the governor who try to incentivize people all the time, whether it's COVID or bad air, to stay home. Get up, get your lazy ass dressed, and go outside and go to work. And on the way there, get yourself a mask if you have to. Look like a stupid idiot, but fine. And then buy the New York Post. And you'll see that on page 26, it reads this. Nice picture of John Katsimatidis. Congratulations to our WABC team. Eight excellence awards. This comes from the New York State Broadcasters Association. And uh, he's got my picture in here. It looks very nice. Sitting friends in the morning, the best morning show. Also, congratulations to our friend Cindy Adams. She wins best feature this year. Her interview with disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo. Election coverage. Here's a win for Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter, and Noam Layden. Best personality, social media. My guy Curtis Sliwa again on the closing of legendary Lenny's Pizza in Brooklyn. How about Frank Murano set to join me next in about eight minutes? He wins the host of The Other Side of Midnight for Best Podcast when he had Bill Shatner on, Captain Kirk. Back to Blue, Columbus Day Parade, a, f- a tribute to a guy from my neighborhood, fallen firefighter Timothy Klein, who literally lives about four blocks away. The Klein family, God rest his soul. All in all, eight awards. And uh, John will stop by at 7.30 to discuss all of that. A very exciting day. And a big luncheon coming up sometime in September. And I'm going to go. Uh, maybe uh, Alec or Lou, you guys will come with me. It's up to you. I do want to play this quickly, though. I've been yelling and screaming at the mayor and governor to stop telling people to, uh, to stay home. This uh, index, this air quality index, we usually... Gauge it 1 to 300. 300 is really, really nasty, I guess. Yesterday, we hit 484. We were, the United States, far and away, the most dangerous air quality location in the world. Dubai, for example, yesterday was 180. 180. We were 484. That was at 4 p.m., exactly like I told you when I left the gym on 34th and Lex and made my way back to Fulton Street. It's the highest since the 1960s. Now, I'm not saying go outside and play full-court basketball for four hours. By the way, talking about basketball, thank you to my dear friend, real estate mogul, and uh, my brother, really, Corey Zelnick. I think I said last segment, yesterday was Thurman Munson's death anniversary. Wrong. Thurman Munson's birthday was yesterday. He died on August the 2nd, so thank you, Corey. But um, don't go out and play full-court basketball. I get that, but... You can still go about your business. I don't need to be Dr. Siegel to tell you that, but that's not what the mayor and governor are saying. Here's Mayor Eric Adams, cut number 11. At 5 p.m., the air quality index hit 484. On the levels of health concern, that is clearly alarming for New Yorkers. This is the highest level index of our knowledge since the 60s. Okay, great. And here's the governor saying, uh, talking about the same thing, but uh, he said the 60s, she says the 70s, not that it matters, 
but just another example of how these two are really never on the same page. They compliment each other in public. Oh, he tells us all the time, Hochul's doing a great job, and she tells us Adams is doing a great job. They're a million miles apart. She's up in Buffalo, you know, worrying about her husband's money. He's here in the city, seemingly worried about nothing. But uh, here's Kathy Hochul, cut number 12. What we're experiencing right now with the uh, substandard air quality, a crisis, it is also a dangerous situation. We've been monitoring this for well over a week since the fire started in eastern Canada. Yeah. And I would say over the last 48 hours, it's gotten significantly worse. Right. The haze and the smoke from the fires, you could feel it even sitting indoors here. Uh, it's clogging much of our air. In fact, it's almost impossible to see the sunset or see the sky. And it's right. something we know I'm a little more accustomed to from western New York when every day looked like this. <laughs> right, the Bethlehem right. Steel Plant. Right, but. Right. Uh, we have not seen anything like this since the 1970s. What did she tell us here that we didn't already know? And if it's true that they've been monitoring this for a week, I don't know, Lou, Justin, Noam, four or five days ago, did you hear anybody tell you, be careful, New York, in four or five days? In fact, there's an article in today's New York Post that says the air quality people in charge of that here in the city, you know, the the public uh, workers, screwed up. Because they didn't prepare for this at all. So if the governor is right, and they've been monitoring this for a week, Noam, did you hear anything about this a week ago? The uh, first press conference was yesterday. Right, mm-hmm. but it was too late. And it was already Tuesday night. We were like, what the hell's going right. on? Yeah, but how are you supposed to prevent it anyways? You can't prevent it, but you can, warn, it, you can warn people. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Sure. But no one's saying prevent it. The right. fires are in Canada. Right. But you can't say we've been looking at this for a week and then two days into it when the sky is completely orange, Mm -hmm. stand up and go, I knew about it. Well, what about telling us, doofus? You don't think putting up like giant, um, what are those wind wind things called? I don't know. Uh, Nothing was going to stop the fans. Nothing was going to stop it. Just tell us about it. Big big giant fans. I'm begging you to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Now now I want Mike Pence and Justin Ellis to shut up. Uh My God. Giant things they put up for win. Uh Jesus. Here comes something really, really stupid. Yep. Uh He's talking again. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, the ones that are killing all the birds. Trump gets very upset about it. I'm begging you to be quiet. (laughs) Arthur Idala checks in. He goes, yesterday at 3 p.m. I had to walk from Penn Station to my office on 40. Fifth and fifth. When I get into the office, I was coughing. Oh, shut up, Artie. God, Jesus. He is uh, uh, the, the great attorney. He's a genius. He's a wonderful radio guest. I don't care that you were coughing and your throat hurts. <laughs> I've been coughing. My throat has hurt for a week before the stupid virus. People, uh, were, people were pointing up in the sky like it was Independence Day, that movie. Like, yeah. what is that up there? Uh, yeah, that's the sun. Exactly right. Okay. Wind turbines. It's going to be a- Wind turbines. Very good thing. Oh, now, he does no. say that it was reminiscent already of 9-11, which I already said 30 no. minutes ago. He's right about that. And COVID, and it was eerie. I'll give him that. But I'm not interested in your coughing or your, uh, your throat hurting and stop being such a pussy. <laughs> Frank Morano's coming up next. <laughs> Do some traffic here with Joe Nolan. Joe, you okay? You, I, I can't did you go please. outside? I'm fine, but you know who's loving this? Oh. The guy who wrote that song, Smoke from a Distant Fire. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, too. You're right. Oh, Smoke from a Distant Fire. That's Everybody's genius. playing that song. Oh, it's genius. <laughs> I did mention New Jersey a couple of times yesterday because it was your stupid governor. Yes. Christine Todd Whitman who told us after 9-11 we can go outside, the air is fine. Right. And only like 50,000 people died since then. She was close. Right. So I thought about her quite a bit yesterday. I could see her standing out there going, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Let's go to the beach with Chris Christie. <laughs> oh, now. You live in such a horrible state with the worst people ever. 
Though, thank Not God though. for Joe Piscopo. That's all I can say. Piscopo's great. Oh, right. I love Piscopo. Thank God for him. Otherwise, yeah, that state is rotten. Nothing. Rotten to the core. Not a thing. Nothing. Phil Sims is a good guy, too, but otherwise. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> and now, of course, we have Aaron Rodgers as well, so that's good. Oh, that's not so good. <laughs> no. That's an air quality of about 250. <laughs> the digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin, Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, pavilion10clist.com, find a dealer near you. Still the world's best built boilers begin here on the Don, and the Yanks were postponed due to the haze and air quality yesterday. They were uh, air qualified out, I guess you could say. But the Mets got their action in down in Atlanta, albeit losing 7-5 to to the first place Braves for their second straight series loss and fifth straight loss overall. This game was knotted at 5 in the eighth inning between, uh, before, I should say, Atlanta's Michael Harris second sent a two-run shot flying over the center field wall to put the Mets away. New York now sits... Two games under 500, 30 and 32 overall, very underwhelming, and are seven and a half games back of first place in the NL East. They'll try and get off the schneid in tonight's series finale with Atlanta set for 7.20 p.m. first pitch. Justin Verlander will hopefully assume the role of stopper on the hill for New York, going up against the Braves' Spencer Strider. As for the Yanks, they'll get a doubleheader in today with the Chicago White Sox to make up for last night's postponement. First pitch for Game 1 is scheduled for 4.05 p.m. this afternoon with Luis Severino getting the ball against Chicago's Lance Lynn. That's a good matchup. On the hardwood, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets became the first teammates in NBA Finals history to both record triple doubles in a game, and the Nuggets reclaimed the lead in the series by beating the Heat 109-94 in Miami in Game 3. Denver holds a two-games-to-one lead with the series staying put in South Beach for tomorrow night's Game 4. And on the ice tonight, you got to look ahead to the biggest Golden Knights and Florida Panthers. They're set to drop the puck for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals at 8 p.m. Eastern Time in Florida. Vegas currently holding a commanding two-games-to-none series lead. Here was sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers, go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. So we got a huge guest list today. Huge. I mean, well, every day is great, but let's leave it at that. Every day is great. Curtis Sliwa, John Katsimatidis, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Alina Haba, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle. Yesterday, we did an interview with a lady, Samantha Zerker, I think. I forgot how to say our last name already. You're close. What is it again? I think it's something think like that. I, I don't know. I don't know what's on my head either. She's running for um, city council in District 13 against Curtis's guy, George, and Mike Rendino, who is the Bronx GOP chair, his sister. Uh, I don't know her last name. I forgot. I, I don't care. But uh, this lady came on yesterday, Samantha, 
And she leveled Rendino, and of course, Rendino's now come back and said it's all lies. And to be honest, I don't know Mike Rendino, never met him. I'm not really loyal to either person, but I have spoken to other people familiar with Mike and, and all these people, and they're saying she didn't lie. Not at all. Now, I understand that A.J. Katz and Matitis, who I love like my own daughter, I do, I love her. I know, John, you're listening. I love your daughter, A.J., I love her. And I know she's friendly with Mike and these other GOP chairs, but that doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm not saying this lady's lying because people that I love know Mike Rendino. So Mike can come on, and um, if he wants, that's fine. No one's going to strong on me, by the way. That ain't going to happen here. It's not going to happen. Okay, I do a radio show. I bring people on. They make a case. I did not yesterday at any point confirm or deny anything this lady said. I gave her a forum, and lots of people that are in the know said everything she said was true, all of it, including making fun of her dead son. So if Rendino wants to come on and dispute it, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm not going to call this lady a liar. Not yet. There's a lot more to be found out. So, uh, Alec, if you want to uh, book uh, Mike Rendino, knock yourself out. See, I really wanted to talk to Frank Morano, host of the other side of Midnight, because when it comes to these city council races, there are two guys, two, that know what's going on. One is Curtis. He's coming up next. And the other is Frank. And uh, I actually urged Frank to go listen to this interview yesterday. And I wanted to hear right now, haven't heard heard yet, right now what he thought about it. He's very familiar with that race. So here he is, one of the uh, folks winning an award. Congratulations. His interview with Bill Shatner, podcast of the year, the terrific, highly rated overnight host of The Other Side of Midnight, my good buddy Frank Morano. Frank, you listened to that interview on the way home today. What are your thoughts? Uh, good morning, Sid. First of good all, morning. terrific interview. And uh, you're right. This is a this is one of the most exciting council races in the whole city. Now, all 51 council seats are up this year. So what makes this one so special? This is the only council race in the whole city that has both a competitive Democratic primary and a competitive Republican primary. And then whomever emerges as the winners of those two contests, there will be a competitive general election. There are a handful of seats that have a competitive general. There are a bunch of seats that have competitive Democratic primaries, one or two other seats that have competitive Republican uh, primaries. This is the only one that has three competitive aspects to it, the Republican, Democrat, and the general. I thought the interview was explosive, and I I don't have a rooting interest in this race, uh, but uh, Samantha Zerka, the things that she said about Mike Rendino were really interesting. I mean, to be honest, one of the things that I found interesting, which sort of flew under the radar, aside from the personal stuff, is she said publicly a rumor that I've been hearing about Mike for years, which is that he doesn't even actually live in the Bronx. Now, he, li- like no, no, he lives in Garden City. He lives in Garden yeah. City. So right off the bat... And he shouldn't even really be, right. if that's true, and if they can confirm that, they he shouldn't even really legally be able to serve as Bronx County Committee Chair. So I'd certainly be eager to see if there's any sort of investigation into, because he files his county, his petitions listing his residence in the Bronx, and uh, that could be a real problem for him if that can be confirmed and investigated further. I just don't know why this lady would come on the air and say all these things especially making fun of her dead son, and just lie about all this. I mean, what is the – she even said, I said, do you dislike his sister? 
Because don't forget, folks, she's running against his sister, not him. Right. And she said no. Christine Marmorano. Yeah, yeah. Christine. She goes, no. I mean, she seems fine. She did not attack the sister, not once. So why would she come on and level Rendino if all these things were lies? I, I personally don't believe that. I don't know what's true, yeah, what's I, not look, true, but I can't believe she lied about everything. Again, I, I, I've liked Mike, and we've worked together from time to time on a few different races, but I, I think it says a lot about someone's judgment and someone's character when they're backing Fernando Mateo over Curtis Lewa and That's Dabby Carreras right. over uh, over John Tobacco. Right. I mean, um, it's this good old boy network in the Bronx, and the only reason Rendino became chairman in the first place is because his predecessor was arrested. And had Jay Savino not been arrested for corruption, Jay Savino would probably still be the Bronx chairperson today. Well, there you have it. So uh, if Rendino wants to come on, I will give him the same forum I gave Samantha yesterday. He can dispute every claim. And then, uh, like Fox used to say, we report, you decide. Uh, and, uh, by the way, I want to be clear. I have no issue with Mike. I me either. Liked him. I don't even know him. Yeah. He can, if he walked right. into these studios right now, I would have to say to Lou, who is that? I have no idea. <laughs> Don't know. Don't even care. Uh, but it's, but this it's, is uh, the 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 other thing that people should, should keep in mind. This is a rare opportunity for the Republicans to actually win a city council yeah, seat yeah. in the Bronx. I think the yeah. last time that happened, it's been uh, it's been a long time. A long time, maybe the '60s. I'm not exactly sure either. But it's been a very very long time. So this is a rare opportunity. So they got to get their house in order. Talking about Republicans winning, one other race I want to get to. Nicole Maliotakis was back with me yesterday. She's terrific. And uh, she's out there endorsing Ari Kagan. So was Curtis Sliwa. I had the opportunity to meet Ari Kagan at Gracie Mansion, actually, last week for the very first time. Very excited to meet me. Was thrilled. I said nice things about him. He's got to beat Justin Brandon. I've known Justin for 23 years, getting back to our days together when he was on Opie and Anthony. And I did the morning show with W1EW. But uh, he came on this show a couple of weeks ago and basically lied his way through about 12 minutes. He's got to go. Ari Kagan has to win, yes? I mean, I don't see Kagan being able to beat Brandon in the general election. Why not? Kagan, well, because the district uh, so favors a Democrat, the way it's drawn. I mean, once you've got the Bay Ridge Towers in there, uh, th- those vote heavily Democrat. And I don't see a general election, especially not with any, with no one at the top of the ticket, like a Curtis or a Lee Zeldin to drive right-leaning turnout. And Justin has worked that district long before he uh, was elected to it as a staffer to to Vinnie Gentile and someone active in the community, he's pretty well liked in that district, and the the demographics favor him. Now, I think we should have nonpartisan elections. Now, I think there should be no Republican candidate, no Democratic candidate. You just go in and vote, Kagan, Brannon, whomever you want to vote for. But the reality is, this year at least, we don't. So as long as we have partisan elections, I think Brannon wins the general election pretty handily. Uh, Kagan's best bid for this would have been to remain a Democrat and to, remember, keep in mind, he was was elected as a Democratic district leader just last year. Uh, if Kagan had stayed a Democrat, he could have used sort of the ethnic card to his advantage. Uh, but I think it still would have been tough to dislodge Brennan. He's a victim of redistricting, Kagan is here. Frank Morano, as always, very informational and brilliant. So, Frank, uh, a couple of people passed away yesterday, and you knew a lot about both of them. Mm. One of them you even interviewed a bunch of times. But let's start with the one more important to me, being uh, years and years ago, I was a big-time wrestling fan. I brought up just a couple of weekends ago on this show, I got caught up. A&E has this special on every Sunday. 
and they do hour-long specials on former wrestlers. And I just happened to catch the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, two weeks ago. And right after the American Dream, by the way, his son, as you know, Cody, is a big star right now. But right after him, they did an hour on the Iron Sheik. And it reminded me of what was going on in this country, 1979, Jimmy Carter into 1980, Ronald Reagan, and how that character was actually born. And it turns out the Iron Sheik passed away yesterday. I think he was 81 years old. You know an awful lot about the Iron Sheik. Frank Morano, take it away. So Kazro uh, Vaziri, or as wrestling fans like us know him as the Iron Sheik, is, no exaggeration, one of the most important wrestlers in modern professional wrestling history because he sort of ushered in three different eras, and he was a wrestler's wrestler, a heel's heel. Now, just so you know a little bit about his background, he really was from Iran. That was not a put-on. That was for real. And he was a star amateur wrestler in Iran. He competed uh, on the uh, on the Iranian Olympic team. He trained uh, for the Iranian, uh, he competed for a spot on the Iranian Olympic team, was such a well-regarded wrestler that while he was a star amateur wrestler, he actually worked as a bodyguard to the Shah of Iran Wow! Uh, while while that was going on. So then all of a sudden, the guy that was ranked one or two spots above him in Iranian wrestling dies under pretty mysterious circumstances. They said it was a suicide or he got sick or something, but most people believe the Shah had him killed. So, um, Kazro Vaziri sees this. He says, I don't want to end up like this guy. I'm going to head over to the United States. Moves to Minnesota in the 1970s and becomes the assistant coach of uh, two U.S. Olympic wrestling teams. And then tries to get into the world of pro wrestling. He's trained by Vern Gagne, and he bills himself as an all-American Olympian. He's wearing Olympic garb, looked nothing like the guy that we knew. He's wearing an Olympic medal around his neck, but his career's not really taking off. So he decides to shave his head, grow a mustache, and wear an Arab headscarf, which they don't really wear in Iran, and sort of play into the Islamophobia that was, you know, then and maybe even still present in America. Then... A few years into this gimmick of the Iron Sheik, where he's waving the Iranian flag, then... Not only waves the Iranian flag, but he actually would spit. That was his spit. He'd go, pooh! Right. And he would spit on the American flag. Right. Ha, exactly. That's right. So then 1979, the Iranian revolution happens. This is a horrible thing for the hostages, a horrible thing for the Middle East and the world. The best possible thing that could ever have happened to the Iron Sheik. Because all of a sudden, he goes from people booing him to people wanting to kill him. Kill him. They yeah. had to securely get him out of the arena in an ambulance at times because they were so concerned about his health. But the important thing about this is, if not for the Iron Sheik, Hulkamania and that whole Hulkamania era would have never happened. Bob Backlund had been the champion for six straight years, hadn't lost a match in six years, very much kind of a howdy-doody looking guy, an all-American boy, but could not have delivered the star power that Vincent K. McMahon wanted in the 1980s. And Backlund refused to drop the title belt to Hulk Hogan. But because he respected the Sheik's amateur background and because, uh, you know, it was a different type of character, he was willing willing to lose to the Iron Sheik. So the Iron Sheik is the champion, still to this day, the only Iranian ever to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and he's offered $100,000 to take the belt to Minnesota, to the AWA, and not lose to Hogan. They said, even though you're scripted to lose, break his leg. 
break his leg, take the belt to Minnesota. You'll be a hero in the Midwest. But he was true to his word, and he dropped the belt yep. to Hogan. Yep. And he was in a position to make millions. And then a few years later, he gets caught in a, a <laughs> car with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Uh, they, they're arrested for drinking and driving in possession of cocaine. And that said to the world that wrestling was officially fake because right. Hacksaw and the Sheik were fighting that night right. and good guys and bad guys were not supposed to travel together. So he was fired and had a tough time for, for many years after that. Well, that was Spiral it. I, I know he, yeah, he kept coming back in other leagues and that was it though. You're right. And uh, Dugan, Duggan, I should say, only had marijuana. It was the Sheik who had the cocaine had the coke. and cocaine right. in his system. But that was it. That people were like, okay, they're going to kill each other. They're going to kill each other, and they're getting high together in yeah. a car by the garden. Uh, that is uh, that is uh, great, great stuff. Look at you all over it. Bob Backlund, he used to walk up and down the stairs uh, all morning long. That was his shtick. And then ran for political office, you may remember, in Connecticut uh, years and years ago. Last one, about 60 seconds. The other guy to pass away, and believe me when I tell you, my dear friend Stephen Sharippa, a.k.a. Bobby Bacalop from The Sopranos, is not is not sitting shiver this morning. The comedian Pat Cooper, your friend, passed away yesterday. Yeah, I, you know, I am so sorry to see him gone. He was a friend of mine for over two decades. Originally, we met through Joe Franklin, but I found Pat Cooper to be the funny, one of the funniest people ever, and a guy that really so understood the appeal and the humor of old school Italian nostalgia. A guy that even if you were to just read his routine, it wasn't that funny, but the way he delivered his performance, they're not even jokes. It's basically him comedically complaining about the world and everyone he knew there was nobody more entertaining and uh that you think of all the roles that he had in movies like analyze this analyze that and playing himself on seinfeld he made everything he was a part of whether it was my show whether it was the howard stern show whether it was seinfeld he made everything he was a part of better and it's difficult to imagine a lot of those friars club roasts that he was such a big part of being the hit that they were without him uh it's really yeah. the end of an era yeah. uh, that whole class of com comedian is just and no longer with us, and, and that's a shame. I'm going to miss him. He died an ordinary prick, by the way. He was a nasty guy for the last 10 years of his life. But no, uh, He was honestly yeah, pretty nasty. nasty for the last 70 yeah. years of his but life. But what's funny what about that is I've taught you well because what you did at the end there was find a way to include your show and yourself in the same sentence as Howard Stern and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Frank, I've taught you well. I have taught you well. And it's true, you did do all those great interviews. In fact, I'm going to play some of that sound later on in today's program. And as always... Great job with me this morning, buddy. I love you. Congratulations again on your monster ratings, on your award you'll receive in uh, September. Keep up the great work, Frankie. You're great. I love you too, man, and uh, congratulations to your award. If there's two people whose egos probably don't need the boost of an award, it's mine and yours. You're right about that. And your friend Arthur Idala, who texted me this morning too, he's not exactly suffering from self-esteem issues lately either. Anyway, I never heard of him. <laughs> I never heard of him. One hour in the books. We got an exciting seven o'clock hour coming your way with three great guests: Curtis Sliwa, John Katsimatidis, and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Big time seven o'clock hour is next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
So he put this time aside every weekday morning. He's the only guy I've got on five days a week. I'm going to say it flat out because he's the best. He's got his own great show, Noon to One, every weekday afternoon. He's tremendous on the weekends. And he comes on this show and he's honest and he knows stuff that the rest of the city won't admit to. So yesterday, my friend Stefania Brunettis was in studio with this uh, Samantha Zerka who's running District 13 in this uh, really heated city council race. You heard Morano just talk about it. Mike Rendino, the Bronx GOP chair. Samantha said a bunch of stuff yesterday. Rendino has reached out and said, no, none of that stuff is true. She's lying. I'm offering a chance for Mike Rendino to come on and dispute everything she said. But, Curtis, you are locked into this city like no one else. No one else. And uh, I'm going to predict this. I may be wrong. My prediction is you're going to tell me, you heard that interview yesterday, that almost everything Samantha said was absolutely true. Yes or no? Hold on a second. Uh, Lou, how come you didn't have more cowbells in that song? Ah, Will Ferrell, very good. Right, with Christopher Walken. (laughs) Crazy man, right, from Queens. Psycho boy. You know, your old friend Jill Vitale, I I actually miss her. I love her. She was a great producer, Flirty Flipper. She was uh, stupid, you know, and she thinks that, uh, like, that song was written for that movie. Like, it wasn't around before that. (laughs) But I got to tell you something about Christopher Walken, one of the greatest dancers of all time. He did uh, electronic dance music video, and you know me, I love EDM. He was magnificent. Really? But he is totally psychotic. Oh, he's a great actor, and don't forget, he also, this is uh, my, my opinion, an allegation, took part in a murder when him and Robert Wagner clearly threw Natalie Wood over the boat. I concur. I concur with you. But now, let's talk about the brass tacks yesterday. Let me just set this up by saying, um, you had mentioned uh, your friend, right? Stefania. No, but first, let's deal with Steve Sharippa. Steve Sharippa, yes. He He hated Pat Cooper. Pasquale Caputo from Ola de Bari, right? Con baricic of mine. All right, I'll I'll pass that. But I would beg Steve, please, he's dead. He's one of the greatest comedians of all time. Oh, you There's like, no you like Pat Cooper? Oh, I'm going to do a whole hour tribute on the weekend. And I have to tell you this, and Luke could attest to this. I met Pat a couple of times while he was on the IMA show. Yes. And he took a particular liking to me. He thought I was very funny. He was very nice to me. So was George Carlin. In our, so I never had an issue with in Pat our Cooper. Italian family, we had that vinyl, Our Hero, 1965, his first record we laughed we laughed he could have hosted family feud because he was in a feud with every member of his uh, biological family extended family so i would hope steve would hold his fire that's number one number two we see you you mentioned uh the iron Sheik, right uh, you mentioned the worst part of the iron Sheik. i want to remember him in the best part nobody took more abuse in society than the iron Sheik. Yeah. sergeant slaughter remember oh that was a big one that's you know, right, because he actually, uh, Frank mentioned Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund, but the Sergeant Slaughter bout was a big one, Curtis. There's no doubt about it. Then one of the honors that WABC won, you deserved yours, Frank deserved his. The best honor brought a tear to my eye. 
was the special we did about the Canarsie kid, Timothy Klein of Ladder Company 170. What do you mean kid? That was his name, the Canarsie kid. Oh, that kid. was his nickname, but of course he lives, literally his parents live five blocks away from me in Bell Harbor, and the Flower Ranger thing that they sent him when Timothy died is still on their front lawn. Well, you know, uh, I was at the McManus funeral home, and yes. all the firefighters were there including yeah. my very dear friend, Eddie Brown, who is the UFA treasurer, one of my original guardian angels, saved my life in New Orleans. The guy wanted to shoot me in the head. Eddie Brown, magnificent. Uh, but Timothy Klein, they came up to me and they said, you know, he's a Canarsie kid. He was in his 30s, the second firefighter to die at Ladder Company 170 in Canarsie. I used yeah. to come down the pole, you know, where yeah. they'd have the Christmas presents yeah. given yeah. out. Yeah. I said, no, I'm not the Canarsie kid. Timothy Klein oh, is. Good for you. His family. Listens to WABC. Oh, yeah. As you mentioned, St. Francis de Salle. The, the lines went forever. Oh. So he deserves the honor before any of well, us. That, that's sweet, and you're right about that. I remember that day very vividly because the ferries weren't working that day for some reason. So the ferry lets you off at about 108th Street. I had to walk about 28 blocks, and I walked straight past 129 where the church is, you know, Curtis and... A few bars over there, too. You know, you got Jameson's, you got Callie's. The streets were lined with firefighters. And my next-door neighbor, I want to tell you, is a hero. His name is Billy Felton. He's a firefighter. Him and I are very, very close. His beautiful wife, Jackie. They've got three kids. In his driveway, when I got home that day, had to be 50 firefighters. And that was the case in just about every driveway in Bell Harbor. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Kudos to you. And the firefighters have always said, like Eddie Brown, you're always there for us, Curtis. You're always there for us. But then you mentioned the county chairman, Republican county chairman of the Bronx. Oh, well, what's his name again? Uh, uh, you told me his name was Mike Rendino. Oh, I don't right, know. Mike yeah. Rendino. Because <laughs> to me, he's a person of no consequence. He's dreck off the bottom of my shoes. Really? And I'll explain to you. He served honorably as a firefighter of the UFA. He's a firefighter. That's a big deal. He has a lot of say. Hey, he did a good job as a firefighter. Okay, good. But then when he took over for that crook, Jay Savino, that crook. Who right out there outside of the Sparks Steakhouse was taking envelopes to fix the election against John Katsimatidis. That's right. So that they could give a Wilson Pakula to Malcolm Smith to unseat John Katsimatidis. That crook of all crooks, Chase Savino. And I went into the house of Rendino, and I told them the story when I was running for mayor. I said, I want to prevent another St. Valentine's Day massacre so you don't have another Jay Savino. They said, how dare you come into our house and disgrace Jay Savino? Why, whose gumada was sitting right there, right? <laughs> I said, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. You are corrupt right down to the marrow of your bone. You are another Jay Savino. A hero firefighter? Yes. But you're a crook when it comes to politics. And by the way, he lives in Garden City. He lives. I want him to come on this air and say, my primary residence is the Bronx. It's not. Everybody in the Republican Party knows he lives in Garden City. What are you more sure about? Because you've yelled and screamed on this show. And again, I always give you credit because more than often, way more than often, you're right which makes these guys out there very nervous, and they should be. What are you more sure about, that Eric Adams doesn't live in Brooklyn or that Mike Rendino doesn't live in the Bronx? Mike Rendino does not live in the Bronx. Every Republican from the top to the bottom knows he lives in Garden City, and he flaunts it. By the way, one thing that was proven yesterday, 
When Samantha Zucker came in, candidate for city council, as you know, I'm supporting George Havernick. It's a heated battle in the Republican primary. But when Samantha Zucker came in with Stefania Brunidis, the former Miss Columbia, the New York City campaign media manager for her, and the woman who supported Fernando Mateo against me. She did, but I will tell you this. She's got buyer's remorse. She's told me time and time again, I wish I was with Curtis and not Fernando. And she did. She apologized to me. But Mike Rendino and all you Rendinos and the supporters, hell hath no fury like women scorned. Hell hath no fury like women scorned. And probably the worst sin of the many sins committed by Mike Rondino, and let him deny this, is that he went into the Albanian community in Morris Park when this woman was crying Samantha Zerk over the loss of a 16-year-old son. And then he said, well, he was a pillhead. What did you expect? He said, what? He was a pillhead. What do you expect? He actually, because he, he vehemently denies in something I saw, an email. He vehemently denies he ever said anything bad about that boy. said, I will be at the annual dinner of the Albanian community in Riverside on Friday. They're honoring my Kumbaricic Rudy Giuliani. I have my red jacket, the color red for Albania. I'll put the two eagles on to show the symbol. And then I'm in the parade on Saturday of the Albanian community. Let Mike Rendino come and explain how he disparaged this Albanian woman, Samantha Zerka, in her time of mourning. You don't do that. You don't do it to Albanians. You don't do it to Sicilians, as you know. The, the Albanians are worse. They're worse. When you thought the Italian mob was tough, let me tell you, the Albanians, twice as tough. So if any of this is true... And again, I have more reason to believe you than this guy. I don't know. Like, come on the air here and deny. Well, it. he's going to come on the air and try to deny it. That's fine. But if all of this is true, what you're saying, then you know Mike's got many more serious problems than trying to deny what may be truth. Because if the Albanian community is pissed off at Mike Rendino, those people do not kid around. Madonna, my, they have what they call. Ugh, we can't even talk about that. Oh. <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so, yeah. just, just, just let's say Sicilians and Albanians yeah. have much in common. There are many uh, Albanians who live in Bari right now because it's across the Adriatic. I know Albanians. They think I'm Albanian. Mike Rendino, do the right thing. Apologize to this woman. She is, you could see she was still mourning here. She, oh, no, the she was destroyed yesterday. Yeah, she started to cry. So uh, as far as you're concerned. Yes. Just about everything Samantha said on this show yesterday, Frank Morano seems to think she was telling the truth. Yes. So do I. The Republicans know that. She told the truth. It's the ugly little secret that they've been covering up for Mike Rendino. Mike, do yourself a solid. You were a hero firefighter. That I give you credit for. Uh, but you, you must resign now. Resign. Go back to selling beer outside of Yankee Stadium. That's his business. He owns one of those gin mills. But leave the Republican Party to people who actually live in the Bronx who want to take on the Democrats and the socialists who are destroying our city. And you didn't even run a candidate against Darcel Clark, who is the Alvin Bragg of the Bronx, who turns criminals loose because you believe you scratch my belly, I scratch your belly. A pox on you. Stand before the Albanian community. You disparage this woman, the son of a the death of us. 
It doesn't get any worse than that, Mike. Come on and defend yourself. And Sid will be fair with you like he is with everyone. I have nothing more to say. Remember what the Iron Sheik said? Accident, Trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. You keep saying you've got something for me Something you call love, but confess You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin' And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do one of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. Little Nancy Sinatra for you. Waiting on John Katzmatidi's, uh unbelievable appearances by both Frank Morano and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis does it every day. Still to come, about 15 minutes, Judge Andrew Napolitano, he's going to be great. Trump attorney Alina Abba. Trump's going to get indicted any second now. This is not big news to the folks inside the Trump community. I know... CNN, but like they broke a big story yesterday. They didn't. We've known for about a week now this was going to happen. It's a matter of when, not if. We'll talk to Alina Haba coming up at 810. Gnomes Nuggets at uh, 825. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. Bo Deedle, 905. Always great. And then I think we'll talk to my friend Dick Girardi coming up at uh, 925. He was on before the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness. And, of course, the Belmont is coming up this Saturday. Now, the bad news is we don't have a chance for a horse to win the Triple Crown because two different horses won the Derby and the Preakness. And, of course, the Belmont is always much more exciting when you've got the opportunity to win a Triple Crown. So I actually considered not bringing Dick Girardi on. Then it occurred to me that people still bet the race, so let's bring him on anyway. And secondly, now... There's a great fear they're going to cancel the race because of the air quality issue. Will the Belmont be canceled on Saturday? We'll talk to Dick Girardi. Now, 
Once again, as I mentioned earlier, page 26. Page 26. Go out and buy it. Go outside. Don't stay inside. Don't listen to Adams. Don't listen to Hochul. Go outside. Go to work. Buy the New York Post. And you'll see John Katz and Matidis, our proud owner, host of two great shows on this station, Katz and Cosby, and, of course, the Katz Round Table. His face on this beautiful promotion, which talks about his radio station winning eight excellence awards at this year's New York State Broadcasters Association luncheon, including this one right here, best morning show in New York, sitting friends in the morning. So with that said, here he is, the man himself, my friend, the great John Katsimatidis. Congratulations, John. Good morning. Well, congratulations to you, too, Sid. You, you, uh, let's play that song, The Leader of the Pack. <laughs> I like that song, too. No, thank you. But um, listen, eight awards uh, speaks to a great station, not just me. And as much as I do beat my own chest, it's part of the shtick. It's, it's a great station. You've done an amazing job. And I know for you, John, when you took over, after a mind, people, it was bad, man. We were at Cumulus. Me and Bernie, God rest his soul, had no idea what our future was, even if we even had one. And to see what's happened now years later, John, I know you're a humble guy for a big-time success. You have to be very, very proud of the whole station. Well, I'm, I'm very, very proud of the team we built up. I'm very proud. You know, look, I knew WABC was the most iconic, the, 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 you know, in the nation. You know, no matter where you go in the world, you mention WABC, people know about it. And that's what we're doing right now, Sid. We are making it an iconic worldwide station, not just a national station. We're, we're going to set stage. We're going to be in Europe, Asia, uh, all over the world. Wow. Uh, we're going to have the greatest news team all over the world. People will tune in just to, to listen to us. 24 hours a day, that, uh, and that's what it's going to be all about. And that's, that's the dream I have, and we have the ability to do it. Uh, we're building a great staff, and uh, uh, Chad is a great leader. And, and uh, like I said, you're the leader of the pack. <laughs> you, and Cur- you and Curtis, my God. <laughs> where, where, where can you get better than you and Curtis, I tell you? It's hard to get better, and really that's not me. It's him. He comes packed every day with real information and that goes back to something that you actually wrote or you were quoted i should say in radio inc which is a huge industry magazine that we all read you and chad but you specifically about two weeks ago they wrote a story about wabc success and what you've done you and margo and you said listen all i want my guys and girls to do every morning is to tell the truth now i understand one man's truth john could be another man's lies i get that but the truth is, to use your word, we do strive for that. So when Curtis comes in in the morning, I'm not saying he's batting a 1,000, but he's pretty accurate most of the time. And you're not going to get that anywhere else except WABC. Absolutely correct. They, they fired the guy uh, at, uh, uh, at CNN because he had uh, Donald Trump on. Right. I mean, that, that is the craziest thing in the world. CNN has a couple hundred thousand listeners uh, or viewers every day. And when they had Donald Trump on, they had three and a half million. (laughs) So, I I mean, this board of directors of of CNN, whoever is running it, has to be crazy. 
How can you fire the guy that created three and a half million viewers instead of 300,000? Are they afraid of getting the truth out? Yes, it's the truth. I mean, it's silly. Yeah, Uh, and and of course, you're right. You just nailed it. They don't want the truth to be out there. But the people that don't know, when Trump was on, and this is why he got fired, almost every single person who worked at CNN was seen that day or the day after with their head in their hands crying. How can you ever put that lying ex-president on our TV station? So instead of doing what you talked about, which is, hey, Chris, way to go. You got us ratings, which is all that matters in this business. They caved to their woke staff. And you know, John, as the most successful guy I know, if you do that, you listen to your staff, odds are you're going to fail. Well, let me tell you something. You heard it first here. I'm going to make an offer to buy back CNN. Is that true? Seriously? Seriously. I mean, they don't know what they're doing over there. No. They need somebody, they need somebody that knows what they're doing. Listen, I, 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 first of all, and uh, of course I have to make it about me somewhat, uh, you should definitely put this show on mornings, just uh, simulcast, and your show in the afternoon. Let's start right there. Uh, sit in the morning, John, in the afternoon right there on CNN. But if you're serious about that, it would be great. Look, Elon Musk took over Twitter. Did you see, by the way, John, Two days ago, the numbers that Tucker Carlson got on Twitter. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it yet. You ready for this? You ready ready for this? 71 million people viewed parts of, if not all, of Tucker Carlson's show on Elon Musk's Twitter. You can do that, John, for CNN. Well, you got to keep, listen, it's easy to press 71 million people. You go to the computer and make, and you press the button. Of course. And you make sure, you make sure all 71 million of your viewers that are online at that point look at it. Right. But how many stayed with him? I don't know. That's the, that's the secret, uh, said. You know, everybody loves to bullshit themselves. (laughs) And, 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 but, uh, look. Look, no, just, just so you know, I had the same reaction. You know, who told me about that was Sergio Gore, you know, Janine Piero's publicist. And I said, well, I'm a little skeptical about those numbers. It's not like Elon Musk can't fix it. He owns Twitter. But in this case, if you bought CNN, the ratings would be the ratings. And I think it would be a tremendous move on your part, boss. Tremendous. Well, I think, uh, look, we're going to make you offer and uh, let's see what happens and, uh, uh, it, 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 look, it deserves it deserves better. You know, CNN was t- started by uh, t- Ted Turner, and uh, he was a great entrepreneur. <laughs> we didn't agree with everything he had to say, but listen, the purpose of of a news channel is to to tell the news, not just opinions, and tell the truth. And that's what the people need. And, and, and it's very, very sad what happened, that they fired the COO for creating such great ratings. It doesn't make any sense. I thought we're in the business of ratings, whether it's TV or, or radio. That's, uh, that's the business we're in. And you're right. He excelled, did a great job, and he got, he got fired for it. But uh, ratings are something that have intru- improved dramatically here at this station. I mean dramatically, in certain cases, tripling and doubling, uh, quadrupling. Right now, right now, I'm looking at the computer, and uh, your ratings for 7.30, when I'm on right now, are the highest ever for 7.30 <laughs> ever. Of course. But I will say this. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, John. 
When you're on this program, we do get very good ratings. Every time, every time you're on, we do. And we, it's a statistical fact. I'm not just saying it because we could measure, as John make just sure, told you. Make sure what we do, the new thing that WABC created, we created, that you create a mini-cast, and we send it out to the world worldwide again, and it increases the ratings even more. Now, that's a genius move out of you, too, because people just don't have the time anymore, nor the, the patients, right? Everybody's got ADD. They're not going to sit around. Nobody, no, nobody has an hour to listen to a podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> right. a 10-minute mini, show me the person that has a whole hour to listen to a podcast. I'll show you a person that has nothing to do. <laughs> You're right. So on the way out, i got to tell you this. Uh, I think I told you this maybe before. I don't think I have. So uh, yesterday, I went to my neighborhood, Gristidi's which is the one down on Liberty Street by Battery Park. And I go there. Now, the whole the whole place knows me like they did on 103rd Street and Broadway, John. They all love me. And I went to buy some honey, some other things. I'm not feeling great. And I walked in, and the first thing I saw, I know Joe Parisi is listening. The first thing I saw was a table. And on the table, right by the cake, sentiment cakes and all that good stuff, uh, was your book. This is a true story now. So I walk in. I grab myself one of those uh, things that you put the products in that you're taking home, and there's a guy standing there. He clearly came into shop, and he's reading your book right there in the front of Christides. And I, le- I lean over. I go, you know, John? No, no, no. I just I shop here. I've been shopping here for a long time. I go, I don't know him either. But that is a great book. I read it. You should buy it mean, today. And the guy bought the book right there. We didn't sell out yet? I didn't sell out. Uh, no, no, you didn't sell out yet. No, 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 no. The book is still there. But I don't want to tell the guy you and I are friends. He's my boss. Yeah, I go, yeah. I go. I don't know him either. I go, but that's a great book. And the guy bought the book right there. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds <laughs> Not great. Good. Hey, the book is still yeah, doing you know, great, right? You know, the book is doing great. You know why, uh, Curtis? You know who's buying the books right now? Grandfathers, grandmothers, uh, fathers, uh, and mothers giving it to their kids and grandkids. You know why? They hope it would make a difference to the grandkids or yep. the kids. Yep, and it will. So I recommend uh, next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday is Father's Day. And uh, I think a great Father's Day gift for Dad will be John Katzmatidi's book. Uh, and the Dad can give it to the son, uh, like I did with Gabriel, give it to the grandson. And uh, hopefully if you pay attention, one day, like John promises you, you read that you book, make, you'll make a billion. You'll make a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, you can get an autographed copy. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble. You can buy it on Amazon. But if you order it through WABCradio.com, you get an autographed copy. I will sign it to you and personally name it to you. That's awesome. Okay, there you have it, folks. WABCradio.com. Get John's book. Uh, get it today. He'll sign it for you. It's a great Father's Day gift. So once again, John, beautiful promo on page 26 in today's New York Post. Congratulations. You've literally created an empire, and uh, you really you brought back the legacy and the legend of WABC. We all love you. WABC, we always back Cats and Matitis. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much, and worldwide coverage. Thank you. All right, there he is, the man, John Katzimatidis. Check him out, folks. Every weekday afternoon at 5, it's Katz and Cosby. Every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., it's Katz Roundtable. Real New York, 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Mm-hmm.
You know, my wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabriel, love Boss Kegs. They love them. And uh, he's 79 years old today. Happy birthday to Boss Skaggs 747 on your smoky Thursday morning. We put this time aside every week for my friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who's he's great. Fox News, all those years, radio shows, I Miss This Show, has his own podcast, a legitimate star, and mind you, a brilliant judge, too. Here he is, my friend, Judge Napolitano. Judge Knapp, how are you, buddy? Oh, good morning, Seth. Thank you for the, your uh, very generous uh, introduction. i got to tell you, I can't wait to start watching the Casamitidis News Network. They won't <laughs> even have to change the, the initial. Right, you're right. <laughs> That's very good. Well done. CNN, Casamitidis News Network. Judge Napolitano, as Mike Breen would say, from way downtown. Uh, I love it. And, you know, it's funny you sent me this article last night, and it came from CNN, Caitlin Collins and a bunch of others, Talking about this inevitable indictment, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I've known about this for about five days now. I know you have too, but he's going to get indicted in this uh, document case. It's going to happen. His uh, lawyers have already met, and they've been worried about this actually for about a week now. So now it's just, like I said, a matter of when, not if. Isn't that right, Judge Knapp? Yes, you're exactly right. Uh, The feds are being as aggressive and shrewd as they can. So they're using two grand juries. One as a filter for the other. So the FBI knocks on your door and says, I want to talk to you about Donald Trump. And you say, go take a hike. You can do that. and You probably should. Then they come back and they say, here's a subpoena. You're going to have to testify before a grand jury. The feds don't know what you're going to say to the grand jury because you refuse to submit to their initial FBI interview. This happens all the time. So they bring you before the grand jury in D.C. You may say, Donald Trump's a great guy. I was with him. He didn't steal any documents. He didn't do anything different than any other president did. They don't want to hear that, but their grand jury has already heard it. So that's why they have a second grand jury before which they will only bring people who will say negative things about Donald Trump. One of these grand juries is in D.C. That's the filtering grand jury. The indicting grand jury is in Florida. The other reason they have this grand jury in Florida is because the Constitution says a person has to be tried in the judicial district, the place where the alleged crime took place. So the alleged crime in the government's mind took place at Mar-a-Lago. Therefore, he would be indicted by a grand jury in Florida. They are being about as thorough and aggressive as I have ever seen the feds in any case that they have prosecuted in the modern era. They really are. You know, I, um, I'm i curious about this audio that they claim they have where Trump says, I've got one piece of classified information, and it's a very important piece. I don't remember the, the exact uh, what was in that piece. Maybe it was Iran, something of that nature, something very serious. Maybe you know, I can tell you what was it. What was it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a uh, recommendation by the Joint Chiefs of Staff about invading Iran. Right. Donald Trump, thanks be to God, rejected. Now, this is national defense information because it includes all kinds of secrets. Trump was doing something that no other president has ever done, and it was out of the goodness of his heart. He sat down at Bedminster with the publishers for Mark Meadows, his, his uh, last chief of staff, 
Full disclosure, a longtime friend of mine from his days in Congress. And he may be a longtime uh, friend of yours, but he turned out to be some backstabbing piece of garbage, Mark Meadows. But I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him in a while. But Good. Trump sat down to talk to um, Meadows' publishers about an oral history of Meadows' 10 months uh, as, uh, as chief of staff. In that oral history, which Trump knew was being taped, the, the publishers taped it. Everybody knew it was being it was being taped. That was the purpose of the conversation so that it could extract Trump's exact words. He said, by the way, I still have this document with me. And he began to discuss it. And then you hear a little rattling, like paper rattling. I don't know if he actually physically had the document in his hands at the time he was discussing it or he was referring to having it in Bedminster, New Jersey, or in uh, Mar-a-Lago. Now, that tape is two years old. That is January of 21. It just came out uh, two weeks ago because the feds leaked it. The feds are the best leakers in the world because they wanted to leak the fact that they have Trump admitting that he had something which he, in other forums, has denied that he ever had. So the, if, if the tape says what they say it says, if the document says what they claim is in it, it's not good news for him. And it could mm-hmm. it could conceivably provoke an indictment in New Jersey as well right. as D.C. and Florida. Right. So it turns out that his attorneys, uh, I guess, did meet with special counsel Jack Smith a couple of days ago. I know that uh, the Judiciary Committee chairman, Jim Jordan, is out there demanding a letter. He wants to see the memo outlining the scope of the Trump probe, any progress on that, Judge Knapp? No, they'll never give him. They'll never give him that. They will say, uh, Mr. Jordan, you'll you'll see the scope of the probe uh, next week when the indictments come out. Mm. Uh, they will never reveal that, and the court will never force him to reveal it. I, I happen to like Jim Jordan a lot. I really do. I admire his courage. Uh, he, like I, is an opponent of the uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act and he may very well bring it down. That's the one that allows all spying on Americans, the type of which the FBI uh, did on uh, on Donald Trump. But I don't think he'll prevail on this. The courts will not allow anybody to interfere in or observe a criminal investigation in the midst of the investigation. But I don't blame them for trying for it. Have to try, sure. So, so, Judge, the one thing that the the person who doesn't follow this as closely as you do, or even I do at this point, the average guy on the street who is interested just doesn't follow as closely. Goes, oh, wait a second! All I kept hearing was they could never indict Trump on these, um, you know, boxes of stuff he supposedly took home without indicting Biden. I mean, didn't Biden have stuff all over the place? There was a Corvette. There was a garage. There's a Hunter Biden place. Is this does this come down basically to that the audio about that one specific document about Iran? Because the thought was, again, from the non-conventional political person, that if they're going to do this to Trump, they have to do it to Biden. I, I understand that thought, and you can throw Mike Pence in there as well. Whatever you think of Pence going after Trump the way he is, but Pence also kept some uh, documents. See, the government would have to prove intent, and in in Pence's case, and I think in Biden's case, the government's going to say this was just sloppiness, this was just an error. In Trump's case, he intentionally took uh, this stuff. Now he did so because he believed he had the right to. Uh, that belief, I believe, uh, the government will argue, was erroneous. Uh, there's also the quantity issue, 
Pence had about five documents. Trump, uh, uh, Biden had about 12. Trump had more than a thousand. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait. Trump's contention was on CNN. And I do believe that that interview has come back to really haunt him just a little, especially in this case with Caitlin Collins. But, you know, we contended that night that Biden's got 1,800 boxes, 1,800. Um, that, that's the first time I've heard that. Number. I, mean, I heard it when he said it on CNN, but that was the first time that I heard that if Biden has that number, then then they must be carefully scrutinizing him. Now, well, that's what he's saying. I mean, this guy, this guy's got boxes at his son's house, at his house, at a location in Chinatown. I mean, Trump did say, listen, I had it in one location. I've got, you know, security there. I've got Secret Service. The boxes were lined up when I left the White House. They were there for everybody to see. You talk about being deceiving. This son of a bitch, Biden, he's got him in 10 different locations where no one can see him. That That is a terrific argument, Sid, but it's a political argument. It's not a legal argument. It's not going to get Trump off the hook, and a judge is not going to let him make that argument. Yeah. Uh, to a jury. But politically, it is a sound and astute argument. And it shows that the prosecutors are after Donald Trump because they don't want him to enter the White House again. Let's face it. So the bottom line is this, the $64,000 question, as we wrap up another great Judge Napolitano appearance. We all know the Alvin Bragg stuff in Manhattan was nonsense. And uh, that jury had to come up with something. They didn't get rape. That's all she wanted. They didn't get it. So they had some nonsense second call and some ridiculous fine. Okay, he basically won that. Is he going to lose this? Do you believe that this indictment will turn out to be criminal for Donald Trump? Yes. You do? I believe this is the worst case scenario for him. and uh, And I believe he really has. No defense. And that's why Jim Trusty and I know Jim and I have a lot of respect for him, uh, you know, 20 years as a federal prosecutor himself, led that small group to the DOJ last week. One sort of last Hail Mary pass to try and see if they could resolve this in some way other than criminal. But the feds wouldn't hear it. Is uh, this, uh, could this uh, result in jail time? Uh, I, I think the answer is no, but I, got, I have to ask these questions because, trust me, people will think it. Could it result in jail time? Will it mean the end of his presidential run? I think the answer is no to both, but I have to ask you anyway. I think the answer is yes to both. Really? I'm sorry to say that. I say it as his friend. As his friend, I love him. He interviewed me twice for the Supreme Court of the United States. He called me, you know, 40, 50 times during his presidency. But I have to be intellectually honest with you. This is very, very bad. This is their strongest uh, and best case uh, against him. The January 6th case is nonsense. He's protected by uh, by the First Amendment. The the Georgia case is nonsense. He's protected by the First Amendment. This is very, very serious, and they know it, and they're leading with their best and strongest hand. So gun to the head in the final 15 seconds, Judge Napolitano, you believe that both jail and the end of his campaign, or likely, or possible. I say, that, I say that with the utmost of regret, but yes. Wow. Hey, listen, uh, I love your honesty, and you're a brilliant guy. Hard to argue with you. We'll see what happens, obviously, and maybe Trump's got another trick up his sleeve. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so, you know, he is the tough one, man, and, and I hope you and I get to work at the Cassidy's News Network. <laughs> well, I can promise you this. If he, does, if he does buy CNN, and, and usually when John says something, at least the John that I've known the last seven years, I just met him seven years ago, the John uh, that I know, who took over this company four or five years ago, when he wants to get something, he gets it. 
And I'm sure you'll yeah. be there 100 percent, and you'd be uh, you'll be great. We love you. God, God love you. I'm off to Los Angeles today to make more gold commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun out there. Hey, listen, invest in gold and silver. Trust me that, and buy it from my friends at Swiss America. I do their commercials. So there you go. <laughs> God bless you. All right, Judge Knapp, take care. There he is. Judge Andrew Napolitano wraps up. That's about as good as an hour you're ever going to hear on WABC. I mean it. Curtis Sliwa, who blew the doors off Bronx GOP Chair Mike Rendino. John Katsimatidis celebrating eight awards for his station and telling me that he's got some serious interest in buying CNN. He's not kidding. And Judge Napolitano telling you that jail... And the end of the campaign, if not likely possible, for Donald Trump. Keep it right here. Trump attorney Alina Haba and the great Bill O'Reilly. All coming up next hour. Hour number three about to come your way. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. The most recent thing they're going to claim to indict him for is like the Espionage Act. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we don't know that. I mean, I've heard that obviously being floated right. around. Imagine we have Hillary Clinton, you have Obama, you have Biden, you have uh, Bush. Tons of people that have had uh, declassification, clarification issues with NARA, which mm-hmm. effectively is all it should or would have been mm-hmm. if he was not Donald Trump. Um, so if they do come out with an indictment, I can tell you that it is complete mishandling and weaponization of the DOJ because we've seen this exact problem with other presidents and they're not treated the right. same. She comes down from Yellow Mountain. On a dark flat land she rides On a pony she named Wildfire When the whirlwind by her side On a cold Nebraska night They say she died one winter When there came a killing frost And the pony she named Wildfire Busted down its stall In a blizzard he was lost Lou Rufino, wildfire, another day of hazardous air conditions, but don't listen to the mayor, Eric Adams, don't listen to the governor, Kathy Hochul, they incentivize us all the time not to work, I don't understand what's going on here, stay home during COVID, don't go outside, you're going to die, nonsense, don't go outside today, stop it.
Get up, you lazy bastards. Get up. Get dressed. Put me on. I'll get you going. And go to work. If you want to wear a stupid mask, wear three of them. I don't care. Do what you got to do. Do not listen to the mayor and the governor and stay home. We got 9,000 buildings in this city where nobody's going to work. And every time something happens, oh, stay home. Do not stay home. Get up, get dressed, and go to work. We are the laziest country in the world. We're a joke, an absolute joke. Stay home. I did everything. I went to the gym, took my son to the orthodontist, went out for dinner. Go to work. Jesus. Alina Haba is one of Trump's amazing attorneys. She's making her second appearance on this program. And my guess is that Alina Haba is on her way to work. I'm working. There you go. I mean, I'm sure you <laughs> I'm walked. Working. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you walked like I did yesterday. I left the gym. The sky was orange. I'm going, oh, my God, what is this? It was like 9-11. But I didn't go home and crawl into bed and start crying. What's going on here? We're raising weak people. That's what's going on. Right. Weak and soft, and they need to get it together. I'm with you. Get up and go to work. Thank you. Yeah. And by yep. and they're giving out like a million masks, which, you know, I can't stand people wearing masks as it is. COVID's been gone for like two years. But if you need it today, fine. Wear it today and just go to work. So I just had Judge Napolitano on. You know who he is. He's a big Fox News guy, big star. And uh, sure. he said this. Pending indictment, it's not a matter of if, it's when he's going to get indicted, President Trump, on this document case. He said flat out, Alina, flat out, he believes this will mean the end of a Trump's campaign, and he thinks there's a real possibility with this one that Trump can go to jail. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he should look historically at what happens every time they attack Donald Trump. Every time they attack him and they come at him even harder, the American people rally around him and his poll numbers go skyrocketing. And uh, so, no, I, I don't agree with Judge Napolitano at all, um, but he's also probably not as, uh, you know, not watching the polls and watching what happens when they keep doing this, which is stupid by them. You know, they think like he does, but that's not realistic. That's not the American people are not that dumb. I know, but the question becomes, you're right about that, and he does seem to do well politically, and it makes people like me love him even more and get angry at all those things. But uh, yeah. the problem here for Donald Trump is, Alina, this is not a political argument. In other words, if he broke the law, and they've got a tape right. of President Trump saying, hey, I got this document about attacking Iran, it doesn't matter what his poll numbers are. He's going to go to jail. Well, he didn't break the law. He declassified the documents. He said that a million times. We know that he took the documents to, uh, you know, whatever document as a president. And this is something to remember we've seen with every other president. This issue with NARA, but nobody else has. Oh, we're losing her. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to bring her back because uh, she's great. I love Alina, but the phone is uh, just not working out. So tell her we will uh, reschedule, because I do want to bring her back. I think she's great. Tell her we reschedule their, um, what's your name, uh, Alec. Can you tell her to do that? Yeah, I can do that. We'll, uh, we'll bring her back. And while we're doing that, because she is great. <laughs> he hopes somebody else didn't forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Justin. Uh, thank you, Alina, for that. So, so she disagrees with Judge Napolitano. That's on record. And we've got Joseph Tacopina coming on tomorrow. We'll see what he says. So she does disagree, but I want to get one more attorney on 
who was just texting me moments ago on what he thinks. But before I do that, just play uh, Eric Adams 11, Kathy Hochul 12. Play those two on the air quality issue facing New Yorkers today. At 5 p.m., the air quality index hit 484. On the levels of health concern, that is clearly alarming for New Yorkers. This is the highest level index of our knowledge since the 60s. What we're experiencing right now with the uh, substandard air quality, a crisis, is also a dangerous situation. We've been monitoring this for well over a week since the fire started in eastern Canada. And I would say over the last 48 hours, it's gotten significantly worse. The haze and the smoke from the fires, you could feel it even sitting indoors here. Uh, it's clogging much of our air. In fact, it's almost impossible to see the sunset or see the sky. And it's something I'm a little more accustomed you know to already. from western New York when every day looked like this. Oh, shut up. I can't stand there either. Listen, get up and go to work and stop the nonsense, okay? I know it was 4.84 yesterday, which was the the world. We, we have the worst air in the world. Even Dubai was a 1.8. I get all that. And I guess if you've got asthma or some type of chronic illness, not a good idea to be outside. I would not recommend to my son, for example, Gabriel, to go out and play basketball. I wouldn't do that, okay? I get it. But get up, get dressed, and go to work. Do not stay home. My next guest coming out of the bullpen for Alina Haba is also a big-time attorney, even bigger. And I'm sure he's working today, too. My good buddy, Arthur Idala. Good morning, Artie. So just a live update. I am uh, on the Belt Parkway heading to the Nassau Supreme Court, and I am by uh, exit 11S. Have you ever heard of that exit? <laughs> I know that exit. And by the way, in about um, four hours, I'll be getting <laughs> off at exit 11S because today is moving day for the Rosenberg. So I know that exit very, very well. <laughs> well, thank you. And I know, I know you like to call you. You, you had a fun with Murano or whatever this morning, and blah, blah, blah. But before that, you like to call me a wimp about this breathing yeah, thing. You are Bro, a wimp, yeah. I, I, I was with you. I didn't do the mask thing during COVID unless I had to going into court and things like that. But this, I, I'm coughing and, and wheezing more than I did any time during COVID, even when I had COVID. Well, then stop smoking. Well, stop smoking weed. That's your problem. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. I am right by your house, and it is like it's like an August day when it's that real hazy, sick yeah. stuff. No, it's I'm bad. Right by your house. I can, I can hit a golf ball. Over <laughs> yeah. the no, listen, I, 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 I know it's bad. I know. I'm not I'm not saying it's not bad. All I'm saying is that, you know, on an average day, some Jersey doctor said I get two calls. Now I'm getting 30. If you don't think a large part of that is panic, you're being naive or silly. But let's get back to the, the matter at hand, which is Trump. Uh, during the Judge Napolitano interview, you were texting me. Now, you heard Alina Haba. She's one of Trump's most valued attorneys. No, she's not Joe Tacopina, but she works a lot of his civil work. And she says, ha, 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 slow down. Trump beats these things before. But, but she was making a political argument, not a legal argument. What I heard legally says to me, he's in big trouble. What does Arthur Idala think? Okay, forget about what I think. Let's talk about Judge Napolitano. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but. Alina is a very nice woman. She can't carry Judge Napolitano's briefcase. Right. <laughs> I mean, he is a he's a legal scholar. I mean, he is. I mean, he sits home and he's reading this stuff all day long. So, and and you heard him. I'm a dear friend of Donald Trump. So, and I love the guy. So when 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 guy like Napolitano says you got problems, you have real problems. This is not the Manhattan DA's office. This is not a federal civil case. This is the real deal, Sid. This, and with a real prosecutor, this prosecutor comes out of Brooklyn, Jack Smith. He's a Brooklyn assistant United States attorney. And everyone says he's a straight shooter. He's not a jerk. 
But, like, this is his life. The way your life is a radio personality, his life is a prosecutor. And he's thorough, he's efficient, and he's deadly. He's an assassin. Uh, and, and the problem is they're, they're unearthing laws. They're using this law, Sid, where even if Trump declassified this stuff and it's not classified, it's still a crime. If you're in legal and lawful possession of documents that have to do with national security, and you are requested by the United States of America to return those documents, and you refuse to do so, that's the crime. They're also looking at obstruction of justice. They interviewed every employee of Mar-a-Lago. Some they put in the grand jury, some they didn't. They interviewed his whole Secret Service staff. If any one of those testified, Trump told me not to say this, or Trump told me not to cooperate, mm. that is a charge of obstruction of justice. And... Unlike in state court, in state court, the, the, the state case, Tagapina could go in, sit down with Alvin Bragg, say, all right, he's going to plead guilty to a, a misdemeanor. He's going to do six months of community service, and it's going to be a violation, and it's not a crime. They shake hands, and it's over, and the judge rubber stamps it. That does not happen in federal court. The only thing the, the defense attorney can do in federal court is talk to the prosecutor, well, what if he pleads to this low-level thing to get rid of this thing? But then it's up to the judge. And you don't know who the judge is going to be. It's Russian roulette. There are some very liberal judges, some very conservative judges. The judge decides the sentence. And even on the lowest crimes, the judge can give him up to six months in prison. So it, this is very real. It, it is very concerning for the president. Anyone, anyone who gets that target letter, you know, it is time to go to the bathroom and sit on the bowl because you're about to go poopy in your pants because it is wow. not a good time. Okay, so with all that said, and, and this is why you're so great, Arthur, thank you for hopping on at a moment's notice on the way to Nassau Supreme Court. With all that said, I'm going to put the gun to your head like I did with Judge Napolitano. Uh, you know the facts. Now you tell me what you think is going to happen. Do you think the campaign and, quite frankly, his freedom are in real jeopardy and he can lose both? Um, I think that his base, uh, regarding politics, is so loyal. I'm not talking about politics here. I'm talking about could he okay, go to no, jail? Could he go to jail? Could it mean the end of his campaign? Will it be that? Well, these cases typically take a year. That's the, you know, plus or minus a year. And this may be a little longer. So, hypothetically, if they indict him now, I mean, he could have a major problem in June of, of 2020. Wait, where are we? June of 23? June of 2024. Which, yeah, but by the yeah. way, that's true. That still puts you, if my math is correct, about five months before the election. Now, a federal judge, no matter who it is, is not going to want to be seen as the judge who stops anyone who's a credible candidate, and we assume he's going to be very credible, from running for president of the United States. So there are a lot of unknowns here. But what is known is if what I'm reading in all of these periodicals that they are putting in evidence into a federal grand jury in two jurisdictions, Florida and Washington, so they could be he could be charged in two different places for committing the same crime. It's not like double jeopardy. If and it's it's a lot easier to get an indictment in federal court than in state court. If he gets indicted in those two jurisdictions by the special prosecutor, he has a real problem. Whether he's going to go to jail or not. I, I, I won't know until you tell me who the judge is. But you, judge you, but you keep saying that. all these indictments, and, and I know that uh, you know this because you've said the same thing, as Dershowitz has said a million times on this show. You can indict a ham sandwich. So indictments mean nothing to me. What, what you're telling me that does scare me if I'm a Trump supporter is 
being indicted at the federal level is much different than the state level. So you hear indictment, you go, so what? You can indict a ham sandwich, but you're saying that based upon the evidence and federal versus state, this indictment is a lot more serious, obviously, than Alvin Bragg's. Absolutely, Sid. They don't indict you in federal court unless they are so sure they're going to win a trial. In state court, there are time limits. There are time constrictions. you got to throw witnesses into the grand jury in a very timely fashion, and you don't have the time to do the investigation that you want. In federal court, they take as much time as they want until they're like, all right, there's no way we could lose a trial. Bro, their conviction rate at trial is like 95% in criminal cases because they don't arrest you until they're positive they can convict you. And I'm sure that's what exactly what they're doing here. And you heard what, what Judge Napolitano said about that recorded interview with Mark Meadows, and you hear the papers rumbling. And if there's a witness there who was recording that, whether it's the publisher or whomever who testifies, oh, yeah, he, I had the paperwork right there. I could see the word Iran right on the paperwork. He's, he's really up the creek without a paddle. And he has brilliant lawyers who are these. It's so funny, Sid. It, you know, if you left WABC to go somewhere else, I know, I know who you are. You would be able to walk into WABC and hug people and kiss people and be buddies with them. You leave the U.S. Attorney's Office, you are dead to them hmm. the second you hand in your ID. Wow. They don't give you any courtesy. They don't give you any privilege, nothing. It is a, it's a black and white kind of situation. So, yes, this is a very real case, and Donald Trump has a very big problem. I'm just happy that it doesn't seem like his children have anything to do with this because, you know, they, they use that often. And the feds do it all the time. Well, if you don't take a plea, we're going after your wife. If you don't take a plea, we're going after your kid. Hopefully that's not the case here, and it's only Donald Trump that they're really targeting. Wow. Hey, Artie, thank you for coming on. That was a a, uh, a great appearance. Impromptu, I grabbed you on the road on the Belt Parkway, and as always, tremendous job. Thank you so much. Good luck in court well, today. I know we'll you're going to call me a wimp, but seriously, if you're moving boxes and stuff, I'm, I'm looking right at your house. I'm looking at the <laughs> Marine Park Bridge. You can't see the Marine Park Bridge. Yeah. It is covered in this smoke. Please be careful, dude. I know you think you're so young. You're my age. No, I don't think I, I don't think hey, Artie, I've been suffering from like bronchitis. I've had phlegm. I couldn't do the show last Friday. I'm nervous, but that's why I pay the movers so they can do the work. I'm gonna stand there and choreograph like Debbie Allen, tell them where to put everything. But uh you're right, you're not a wimp, you're great, I love you. Thank you so much. That's famed defense attorney Arthur Idala as we continue. It's been a monster Sid Rosenberg program. Still to come. Gnomes Nuggets, the ratings grab, the great Bill O'Reilly, my dear friend Bo Deedle, and with all this going on, you know, the Belmont Stakes may be the biggest sporting event of the year in New York. Over 100,000 people show up for the Belmont on Saturday. The question is, are they going to run it? The man that picked the winners for the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, Dick Girardi, may be stopping by as well. Thursday edition of your favorite show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. You're funny. Is this because of the song Sex by Berlin? So you went to this Berlin are you, are you, classic? 
Are you really dumb? No, what's the name of this song again? No. Let I know it pertains it to, the, to the smoke. I got to get to uh, Pipco and Noam Layden before Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Dick Girardi. I had to explain that to you. That's what is the name of the song again? How could you not know oh, the Oh, come on. Ah, I know it's Top Gun, Top Gun, Berlin. Watching in slow motion. We turn around and say, take my breath away. That goes out to Audie Idala, you pussy. (laughs) You are a genius. Go to work. Go to work. First you gave me wildfire, then you gave me this. You're a genius. All right, quickly, before I get to Noam, Bill O'Reilly, and and, uh, Bo. So we had uh, Napolitano and Audie, a Trump supporter, deliver some really depressing news. But Liz Pipko is here today. And uh, thanks to your husband, Darren, for getting John Katzmatidis, Larry Trump all last Sunday. That was a big deal. Thank you for that. Uh, you're going to offer the Trump supporter some actual positive information. Now, preface this by saying you're not a lawyer, but you come on with facts that may, in fact, mean that Donald Trump may not have to exit the race or, or anything like that. And what are those facts? Right. Um, this is the first time I'm anywhere to produce positive information, so that's a new for me. <laughs> right. um, no, I just I think people aren't. Um, factoring in everything. I think people need to be very aware that these kind of um, cases take a very long time. Well, Audie said the indictment could take, it's, it's like a year from the indictment to the actual Probably, issue. and that's without appeals, factoring in other things that go on, scheduling matters. Um, obviously, the FBI also has, or the Justice Department also has a serious policy against election interference. Um, they know that they can only bring cases at a certain amount of time, and it's, let's just say, highly inappropriate to do anything too close to an election. Um, I don't know where our country stands anymore when it comes to abusing laws like that. But I do think um, they're going to think very, very carefully about the timing of what they're doing, um, how it could possibly affect an election, like what they could be accused of by doing that. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully Donald Trump is as as Teflon Don as ever. Well, you seem to think so. You're very honest with me. And you do seem to think that despite what looks like a really, really daunting legal task, you do seem to think that with the timing issues, appeals, the FBI's policy in place, you do seem to think that maybe Donald Trump will survive this. I do. I think this is one legal task. I actually, unfortunately, think there's going to be a few more indictments coming his way. Um, but I'm, I'm not the person that's ever going to count out Donald Trump or the American people more than anything. And they seem to want him, and that's truly what matters. All right. Liz Pipko, thank you very much. Noam Layden, everybody's kind of chimed in with this. Uh, you went to law school for like three months, didn't you? No, I never went to no, law school. Did? No, it <laughs> did. As yeah. much as my mother would have loved that, I never went. You never went? Yeah. So you really can't chime in with any real intelligent opinion on this, can No, you? but can I That hasn't talk- stopped you before. It hasn't. <laughs> can I talk about a bigger story? There's nothing bigger. No, there is. John Katzmatiz yes. is buying CNN. My phone is blowing up. Mine is, too. Yes. Uh, guess who uh, they're going to simulcast in the morning? Us. Well, so if you miss the moment, I have it here. This morning, John lays this little tidbit on you. This was about 7.36 this morning. If you weren't listening, this is what John had to say. Well, let me tell you something. You heard it first here. I'm going to make an offer to buy back CNN. Is that true? Seriously? Seriously. I mean, they don't know what they're doing over there. No. They need somebody, they need somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, so I texted him afterwards because I was like, it sounded serious, but I just wanted to make sure. And he goes, yeah, oh, I'm serious. I, I understand you're a news guy. And uh, you've done a tremendous job with this news department. I mean that sincerely. You really have. Jimmy's great. All the guys are great. I understand why you'd have to do that to confirm. But I will just tell you this about John Katzmatidis. Now that I've gotten to know him very, very well. If he says something, he means it. And if he says something and means it, nine times out of ten, he gets it. Well, 
I've gotten uh, people from the Daily News reaching out. I have three writers. Oh, tell Chris Summerfeld to blow me. <laughs> three, ri- <laughs> three writers from CNN. People, I, you know, because I've been in this business a long time. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, what, what's going to happen? Is this real? And I said, yeah, it's real. Here's, here's a little more of what he had to say to you this morning. The purpose of, of a news channel is to, to tell the news, not just opinions, and tell the truth. And that's what the people need. So now it's just ponying up how much money with the making the deal work. Yeah. Is it up for sale? I think it probably is. Oh, it's, it's definitely up for sale. Look, yeah. they, they just changed ownership not that long ago, and it's uh, gone sideways. They've, they've lost two bosses now. They've gotten rid of both Zucker and Chris Licht. Uh, people have lost all faith in it. At this point, for the company that owns CNN, it's become a blight. It is a a money loss and an embarrassment on top of that because they really have embarrassed themselves. So they would want to sell that for, you know, five cents on the dollar. I mean, if you wanted to buy CNN, and this is why Katsimatidis is a genius, now is the time to do it because based on this latest firing of Chris Licht, they got to dump this thing like like garbage. Well, why not us? And... Well, I don't want to read this text. Why not us? Well, who's it from? Well, somebody over there who is wondering, you know, would they keep their job? No, you're out. You're all out. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to say it for John Katsimatidis. I am now the spokesperson for WABC and CNN. (laughs) If you're at CNN right Right. now, especially you, Caitlin Collins, you're fired. Well, it wasn't Caitlin that wrote me, but somebody almost as well known. Yeah, so. Fired. Yeah, you're out. Jake Topper, get out. I'll tell this person to put the resume together. They're done. <laughs> put the LinkedIn profile back yeah. up. As Jerome from the Bronx once said to me on WFN about the Yankees, they're done. D-O-E-N, done. Yeah. I was like, close, Jerome. Well, right there. Just... Yeah, well, he said it in a different way. Than <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, I know he did. He almost no, sounded done. human-like. Yeah. Is yeah. there anybody there I want to hold on to? I mean, uh, Anderson Cooper? I don't know. He's all right. You have to He's go okay. one by one through everybody, right? You have to have one gay guy anyway. <laughs> Anybody black there? That's good. You gotta have uh, a black guy. You know, I never watch That'll anymore. Help fire Don Lemon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got Dominic Carter. We don't need that. Oh, there people. you go. Yeah. There you Welcome go. to CNN, <laughs> where I must say about the police force right now. <laughs> oh, this is great news. I'm sure that the uh, they're all going to write columns, right, No. Well, they're already writing now. They wanted confirmation, so I gave them confirmation. You're the best. Noam, you really are. I, and, I, and I mean this sincerely. This station got a lot better. And this is no disrespect to anybody before you. None. It got a lot better when you got here, so. That's very nice of you to say. I mean it. Thank you. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Jimmy Hendrix for you. Who didn't love Jimmy? Right there, one mile away from my mother's house in White Slash, Conanga Lake, New York, Yasgur's Farm. We performed one mile from where I grew up every summer, literally, one mile away. Now they've got beautiful Bethel Woods there, this gorgeous amphitheater. Jimmy, while I kiss the sky. 
He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best ever, folks, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC or his own website. We've been uh, telling you about the uh, the morning, the message of the day, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great TV show, great columns. Of course, a killing series still kills it. He does a great morning little report for us at 725 every weekday, which I listen to and is always right on the money. And, of course, this special appearance, the biggest ratings of any segment on this station all week long is O'Reilly and Rosenberg right now at 843. So here he is, my dear friend Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. I was blaring Hendrick's Purple Haze uh, in the haze yesterday in my front yard. <laughs> there you uh, go. Rally people. That's why, Lou was, Rupi, that's why Lou Rapino's a genius, because he picked the song Purple Haze on this day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was listening to you and John Katz about uh, buying CNN, but there, there are some problems with that. What's that? The first one is big for you. If that happens... You have to change your name to Poppy Rosenberg. <laughs> or or I can do what everybody else is doing in 2023 and become Caitlin Rosenberg. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, and then it's going to be Wolf Sliwa, Anderson Morano. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. On a serious note, though, you, um, and I'll give you credit for this, because you've been yelling and screaming about the media since, uh, quite frankly, Fox News screwed you. And uh, the bias and the agenda-driven stuff we see every day. And you would agree, Bill, at this point, that of all these networks, and I actually think MSNBC is more hateful than CNN. I do. That's my opinion. But uh, at any rate, you would agree that CNN, now at the firing of Lick, they just got rid of Zucker, has become so embarrassing, it is time for new ownership, yes? Oh, yeah. I mean, but the Lick thing didn't have anything to do with um, people being disenchanted inside the tent. It was a coordinated effort by the progressive corporate media to destroy him, and it worked. And, I mean, this is just right after Trump did the town hall. The cabal in the media said, we got to get rid of Licht. We cannot let this man allow Trump and others like Trump on CNN. So in short order, the Atlantic, New York Magazine, L.A. Times, Axios, Vanity Fair, Huffington Post, New York Times, Washington Post, Boston Globe, Seattle Times, Daily Beast, Salon, The Nation, all did individual hit pieces on Licht. All of them did individual, and it was timed, because if you understand Saul Alinsky, who is the patron saint of the progressive movement. His rules for Radical 13 is pick your target, freeze it, personalize it, polarize it. Hmm. This was a campaign. And Warner Brothers Discovery, the parent company of CNN, folded. Okay? And the same crew that I just mentioned, the NPR is in there, Hollywood Reporter, Rolling Stone, Politico, they did the same thing to Fox News. And it wasn't at first successful because Roger Ailes knew it and fought it. But once he departed, then the new management had, couldn't stand up to these people. And that's why you've seen these tremendous changes over the past six years at Fox. Hmm. This power in corporate media in America is hidden power. People don't understand it. 
But if they want you out, it's like the mafia. They're going to get you out. It may take a while. In Lick's case, it didn't because they had the hate Trump thing going on, and they had quizlings from inside CNN feeding them all kinds of stuff. So Lick didn't have a real chance, and he had low ratings. If the ratings were high, it would have had a better chance to survive. So when you have a democracy, when, when voters are dependent upon information to make informed decisions about voting, okay, and you have this powerful progressive cabal actually assassinating people by taking their jobs, this is ultra dangerous. And that was my analysis yesterday, and I, I, I want everybody to think about it because what I'm telling you is 100% true because I went through it myself. They targeted me for years, and once my shield disappeared, it was just a matter of time, and I didn't know it. I was too stupid to figure it out. Hmm. But once I saw a color of change, a George Soros-funded organization, pick it in front of Fox News, I went, ah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, think, I, I don't think you were too stupid. I think you were. No, I was. No, nah, I, I, I should have seen it because it was relentless, Sid. Yeah, maybe naive, though. I mean, look, you were an immense figure, hugely popular. Sometimes that makes us think. We're bulletproof. I mean, we may be saying the same thing right now with Donald Trump. I had guests on this morning, both Judge Napolitano and a very famous defense attorney, Arthur Idala, who said, let me tell you something. This latest indictment, which is coming down any day now with these documents, he can go to jail. His campaign can certainly be over. Then I get Liz Pipko telling me, well, wait a second, slow down. It could take a long time. You know, you got the appeals. You got the indictment. It could take a year. The FBI's got something in place to make sure election interference doesn't go that way. So two different opinions on this one. Where does Bill O'Reilly stand? Well, I don't stand anywhere because I don't know what the evidence will be that's presented to the American public. There are two actions here. There's the legal action, and Trump, I do believe, will be indicted, and so do his lawyers, because this special counsel, Jack Smith, has to do this, or he's through in Washington, D.C. I'm not saying he's not an honest man. I don't know him, but I know he has to bring something. And the fact that we know for a fact now that uh, Trump's attorneys visited Jack Smith a couple yeah, of days and ago. They believe, Trump's attorneys believe he's, uh, that Donald Trump's going to be indicted shortly. Um, but the other case is the court of public opinion, and that is at this point more important to Trump than the legalisms which he can delay and which will ultimately go to the Supreme Court, okay? Because the uh, Trump people are going to say this is election interference. That's what this is. They're trying to coup d'etat to get me out of here, and they've been doing it forever, and they can make a fairly strong case about that. Just keep that in mind. So, But the court of public opinion is something else, and it's fairly simple. What evidence – what is the crime and what evidence do you have to back it up? But there's another shadow that nobody's talking about. There's a special counsel investigating Biden for the little red Corvette uh, documents in his, in his garage. Remember Prince's song? Little red Corvette. Yes. Yesterday okay. would have been Prince's birthday. would have been 65 yesterday. 
Well, thank you for that. I did not go. know that. There you go. Yeah. Um, but Hunter Biden's favorite song is Red Corvette. <laughs> and, and there's a special counsel. Have you heard anything about the special counsel? No, but, but I, would, I would tell you this. I brought it up in the Palatano. I said people who have said to me for a long time, how can you possibly indict Trump and not indict Biden? And he said two things. He said, first of all, they may have Trump on tape. And secondly, Trump can't use Biden as an argument. No, Trump can't use Biden, but again, the court of a public opinion. So, I mean, you know, Americans essentially are, I think, still remain a fair-minded people, but they, they don't understand what's happening in this country is a fundamental revolution to try to silence people that the progressives don't like. And they're using the justice system to do it. Now, I have an open mind. I'm a reporter. So I'm waiting for, okay, you're good. look, Alvin Bragg's prosecution of Donald Trump, every fair-minded person knows that is ridiculous. That is political. Everybody knows that. Are we going to have the same thing here at the federal level? Well, what do you got? See, my question last night, and I, and I hit uh, Chris Cuomo on News Nation right between the eyes with it. I know Trump as well as anybody knows Trump. There's nothing in it for Trump to actively take confidential documents and bring them to Mar-a-Lago. What's in it for him to do that? What? You, if you wanted it for a book or something like that, you just take a picture of it, okay? Or well, let me, but you, let, do. you let, don't let, have to physically let, remove let me, anything. Let, let me throw this at you, okay? Because you do know him better than anybody. Don't you think Donald Trump, and I love the guy and I'm supporting him, okay? But I also know he's got some serious flaws. Don't you think Trump loves the fact that he's got boxes of documents that may or may not be classified with real confidential information at his own house? You don't think Trump loves that? He doesn't need an excuse. I got boxes. I'm the president. I'm Trump. I'm the man. Look what I've got. You can't buy that? No, I'm not. Bu- the only okay. boxes that Trump wants are filled with $100 bills. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. He doesn't. Then why did he have them? Then why did he have them? I could be wrong, but to just to have documents in your basement where he never goes and in violation of a federal law, it just isn't stacked for me. Then why did he have them? I don't because I don't even know if he knew he had them. Ah, He knew there's nothing that man. How? How? Look. When you leave the Oval Office, when you leave the West Wing of the White House, your stuff is packed up. Trump is not a micromanager guy. He's not saying, well, you take this Iranian document, Ben, and, and then we'll take this. Okay, then, then explain this to me. Then explain this to me. Because, and again, I hate going after Trump because I love him and I support him. But he was the one, Bill O'Reilly, who said on CNN, I watched the whole thing with Caitlin Collins. Let me tell you something. My boxes that I did take, they were out in the open. They were lined up in the garden at the White House the day I left for everybody to see. He didn't say he didn't see them. He didn't know they were there. He said, unlike Biden. Do you really think, and you know Trump a little bit. I know him a lot. Right. That Trump sat in a chair going through these documents? Oh, no, no way. No, no. Come on. I mean, the guy, his concentration ban is 45 seconds. (laughs) Okay? I mean, look, maybe he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it. But it doesn't stack up with the way he conducts himself. Gotcha. There's nothing in it for him to violate a federal law. Now, 
maybe what happened was he, he is a stubborn man and nobody's going to tell Donald Trump what to do. So once the National Archives started annoying him, it's possible that he just didn't pay attention or said, screw them. Right. It's possible. But that's why we have to wait and see what Jack Smith, the special counsel, presents to the public. And, you know, I'm, as I said, keeping an open mind about it. If you're Ron DeSantis and you have spent the last couple of months getting hammered by Trump, now we're starting to fight back just a little. But I got to tell you, it's like a rabbit punch compared to what Trump throws at him. It's, it's actually kind of a joke. But now this does happen. Another indictment. This one seemingly much more serious, Bill, because the truth is, legally, federal indictments are much more serious than Alvin Bragg's state indictment. Not even close. If you're Ron DeSantis, does this become part of your arsenal? Yeah, but it, 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 they have to be careful. Because if Trump is taken off the board by his legal problems, the MAGA voters have to go somewhere. Go to him. Doesn't he get him, Ron? Or they go to Tim Scott? <laughs> I don't know who they go to. But if you're going to you know, try to tear Trump's throat out, all right, um, then the MAGA voters are going to notice that. So you got, Sanders has got to be careful. So Sanders is in a good zone now. He's in the bullpen. He's watching Max Scherzer give up 11 hits in five <laughs> innings, and Trump is Scherzer. Right. Okay. Right. So you don't really have to do much now. You wait until it plays out. That's why all these people have gotten in uh, to the Republican primary, because all they're doing is treading water to see how it goes. If Trump is not going to be viable, then anything can happen. Um, and so that's why you're seeing all these people sign up. I want to mention one more thing to you. I'm not going to be on next week because I'm going to be in Ireland. Oh. Um, and I want to, you know, give everybody fair warning over there oh. in Ireland. I'm coming over. It's a father-son trip. I've got a bunch of my friends taking their uh, sons over. Awesome. We're going to Donegal and Belfast where I did report on the troubles. I'm going to show them all where I was and what was happening there. Um, so I'm um, really looking forward to it. Donegal is the only county in Ireland I have not seen. Wow. Yeah, I've seen the whole country. I, I tell all WABC listeners, um, Ireland, and this is a cliche, is a magical place. It, mm. There isn't a bad road in the car, and there's no traffic. Right. Okay? right. And no, there's no wildfire smoke. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and there's, and there's yeah. no Mets yeah. Yeah. one game below 500. Well, two games so. now. We really suck. Um, you know what's funny is, now that I think about it, is this the first time you and Spencer are going together? Probably not, right? You probably don't. No, no, no. Yeah, right. I mean, right. He, he, look, uh, PBS did this uh, Finding Your Roots story on me. Yeah. I'm 92% Irish. So I was going to say because 92%. the guy that kind of takes ownership at this station of the whole Irish thing, and maybe it's because he was there with Bill Clinton and the whole thing and played a very big part hey. in the whole Good Friday deal is Pete King. Yeah. The king's almost as Irish as I am. Almost he, as Irish. I think he's got a little Italian in there. So I, right. I don't know what happened. There. I mean, you sound more Irish. You're O'Reilly. He's king. King could be anything. Yeah, but he, look, he's a good man. He's a great you know guy. All that. But I want John uh, Katz to buy CNN. I do. I, that's going to be very amusing. Um, uh, Poppy Rosenberg. I really <laughs> I like it. I like it. I wanted to do it, too, and I want him to put you on at 8 o'clock at night. How about that? Anything could happen, but right? Uh, right? I don't think Warner Brothers is going to give it up myself. Um, oh, I do. 
Oh, I do. Yeah, you think they will? I huh? think it's become a blight, an embarrassment. Uh, it doesn't make money, and uh, John has the cash. And I think it is entirely possible, if not probable, that Bill O'Reilly is doing 8 p.m. weeknights on the new CNN, the Katsimatidis News Network. That would be something, boy. This whole country would be upside down. It would be great. Let's do it, Bill. Hey, listen, I'm going to miss you next week. That's a big hurt for me, but I'm happy for you and your son, who was a very, very sweet kid. So enjoy Ireland, and uh, we'll see you when you get back, buddy. Thank all you right, so happy much. Happy Father's Day to you. And you too. And all the other good fathers around, um, go to BillOReilly.com uh, store. we got tremendous Father's Day gifts with the Killing Books and the Team Noble stuff. So uh, thanks for having me on. It's always fun, Sid. Appreciate yeah, me it. Too. Me too. Have a great time out there. And Bill's right. Happy Father's Day, of course. He says that it's not this Sunday. It's the following Sunday. But we won't talk to Bill O'Reilly, I guess, till Thursday the 22nd or something like that. Have fun, Bill O'Reilly. That wraps up our number three. Still lots more to do, including the very entertaining, my main man, Bo Deedle, Liz Pitko, maybe Dick Girardi. Stick around. We ain't done yet, folks. Sid Rosenberg, WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. How you doing out there? You ever seen to have one of those days where it just seems like everybody's getting on your case from your teacher all the way down to your best girlfriend? Well, you know, I used to have them just about all the time. But I found a way to get out of them. Let me tell you about it. So I forgot that uh, the great Mary Lou Henner, who had a huge crush on, I think Travolta Banger. She was in that great show Taxi. She's doing some new things, believe it or not. Yeah, but so, I, I forgot. You can you can just blame me. Right, well, it is your fault. But yeah. she's coming on after Bo. Bo Deedle, of course, is on every Tuesday via the phone at 740. But he comes live in studio looking gorgeous. He's the best-dressed guy in New York City. Even I'm saying that. 905 every Thursday. And, of course, you know Bo, great actor, great cop, and uh, just the best friend Anybody can ever have. That's what I always tell people about Bo. All the other stuff is great. But if I'm ever in trouble and I make one phone call to Bo Deedle, God help you. That's all I'm going to say to you. God help you. So here he is, my dear friend, Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I tell you, I got to leave here a little little while. You know where You know where I'm going? Uh, um, you're going to Rayo's for lunch with Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. I'm going up to uh, 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 the Boys and Girls Clubs. Oh my, really? Yeah, up in uh, up in Harlem in Bradhurst Avenue. You know what I'm going to be doing up there? What I'm going to be doing up there is we're giving out 660 pairs of sneakers. My very dear friend Patrick Carroll, big tall real estate guy, St. Petersburg, Tampa, uh, uh, the Carolinas, Georgia. Patrick Carroll, about six foot six. Badass guy, loves to fight. The only problem is I got to keep him out of fights. And I'm a little guy, and he gets into the fights. I got to hold him back. <laughs> yeah. So I was out with him last night in Avery, and He invited me. We're given. He's going to hit ten cities across the United States, giving out 660 uh, pairs of sneakers to these young kids with the boys and girls club. You know why? Because in Tampa, that's how he got himself straight. He's a self-made billionaire, wow. private jet, the, whole, the coolest mother that ever walked the face of the earth. And we're going to be up there giving sneakers out. And he said, I look to, love to look at these kids' eyes and say, you could be anything you want. That's great. That's my that's, man. And well, listen, gonna, you know, you've actually, in the last couple of months, and I'll give you some credit here, 
Now you're giving out sneakers to kids. You're also, Bo, not that far removed from making the commencement address at the University of Virginia, well, which was very exactly cool. Well, it wasn't exactly that. I thought it was that. It was the engineer school. Who cares? I know. It's it was a, a deal. I thought it was going to have the hat. Dun, 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 oh, they didn't do that? I didn't get a hat. I Nothing. didn't get a doctorate. <laughs> but it was nice because my friend Greg Olson, my dear friend, the other billionaire, class guy, his grandson graduated. Class, class, class. But let's get to some really important issues. My podcast yesterday. Go to Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. I had the one and only great one there, Curtis Lewin, my new best friend. I love Curtis. Well, this I is amazing Curtis. because not that long ago, you yeah. and Curtis were at odds. It was no joke. It was a big war I on and off down. the air. I had to sit down. I said, yes. don't you ever turn against the family. He's with us now, Curtis. I love Curtis now. I go back with him. I put 10000 up when they shot him. They didn't hit him in the head. If it was a headshot, there'd be no Curtis <laughs> But uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mike Rendino, I had a little infrontation with him. That punk up there, the fireman up there, what he did to me during that campaign for May of New York City. I needed that Wilson Pakula. And then that other big bird, do-nothing Cox, Ed Cox, that useless piece of garbage that took the Republican Party down. Now they put him back in there. Duh! Why would you put a jerk-off back in there? <laughs> he was the one that says, oh, well, we can't give you the Wilson Pakula. Oh, I said, Let's, let me run against Milo Texas because... So he's scared of me. Big Bird scared of me. He ain't scared of, of Malatexas. No. I love her. She's doing a great job as Congress lady. But I wanted to beat this punk up. And I wanted to run against de Blasio. And the, he had it all fixed with the election committee that he put in there. So the point is, Randina wouldn't give me the Wilson Cooler. I needed three boroughs out of the five. I had Queens with our man, Eric Ehrlich, my man. And then I had him. And then uh, then uh, all of a sudden, the the, the, the spaghetti bundles from Staten Island, they were, were doing moonwalks. But I had Staten Island, I think we could have had it. But then Redina turned on me like, a, like he did the moonwalk. In the you Bronx. know what? And anything you say about Redina, he ain't got a friend over here. He turned on me like a snake. And you don't turn against Bo Deedle. Never. Never, never turn, turn against Bo. So, so you met you met my friend Stefania and uh, Samantha yes. yesterday. Yes. You heard the interview. Yes. I yes. believe what she said was yes. true. Well, Curtis listen, swears by it. Listen you believe to her? me. God knows her loss was horrific. And nobody, nobody should ever make fun of anybody who loses a child, whether it be on drugs or what. You know what? A hundred thousand kids are dying across this country every year. So let's, this is not a joke, okay? Could have been me. One quick uh, breaking news. Christian broadcaster Pat Robertson, Christian broadcaster Pat Robertson just died at the Eh, age of 93. Enough with him already, okay? We had Pat Cooper took the pipe. Did you like Pat Cooper? I love Pat. Sharippa hates him. Yeah, but he's a a nasty guy. came at me many times, and I told him one time I'm going to smack him in the face of it. He was tough. He was rough. Did, did, he ever, did you and him have something on Imus years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, a, we, yeah. We had our thing. But he, I love Pat Cooper. He was very funny. Towards the end, he got like a canker sore. You know what a canker sore is? All right. Now, listen to me. Now we're looking at, guess what? Hochul and that little uh, midget up there from the uh, State Senate, the State Assembly, that would and be, his uh, scarf lady. Yes, uh, Andrew Stewart Cousins and Carl Heaston. Right. All of a sudden, now, <laughs> guess what we're looking at? What? Slave reparations in New York State. We got to start giving money for slaves in New York State. They're looking. They got a committee going. What is next? What about slave representation? Or my grandfather and my uncles who were digging these friggin' tunnels like slaves, like we were building the friggin' pyramids. I'll throw the guineas down there. My guineas. Yeah, I said to use the word guinea. I'm a guinea, right? Oh, let the guineas go into the hole. Oh, six of them died yesterday. Oh, let's hang, let's hang some guineas down in New Orleans. This is what about the reparations for the Italians? All you do is take my Italians apart. I am a proud American first. 
but I'm also a Sicilian. My mommy comes from Catania. Yes. And I love Italians. I love Italian food. And don't mess with me. You want to worry about slave reparations? Let's give some money to the old Italians. I agree. Let's, like, they went through so much. And, so and much. by the way, the Italian people, and you know I've, died, I've been dying to be Italian yeah. my whole life. Yeah. They've done more for the culture, oh, come on. for the, the for this country, all of the it. The Langones, you got so many famous Italian oh, people. Come on. Cultures, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo Da Vinci, Studio Studebaker, every, every great restaurant. And I didn't know you were from Catania, like Frank Catania. Yeah, but listen to this now. <laughs> Your friend from the Real Housewives. All, all of a sudden now, congratulations, Hunkle, you're right on the car. We just appointed the first translucent uh, transformer judge now. What is it? You believe this? Yeah, what is it? And I'm going to, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to have this. Seth uh, Marin is the person's name. Just yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have uh, uh, Dylan Mullaney come up to Rayos <laughs> with me. What bathroom are you going to use? Where are you going to go? Stop this insanity. Now we got gay pride parade Saturday. I'm very supportive of gay pride. When I ran for mayor of New York City, I marched for two miles with gay. I love gay people. I enjoyed marching. But I had enough of these these coat hangers with their shares hanging out. You got sh- children that go to that parade to see the colorfulness, the happiness. Enough with these organs hanging out of their body. Cover up. All right, you want to dance? Cover up. I got hit in the side of my head with one guy with a jock strap when I was running from there. That's New not York true. Day. Come on. There's a note. Do we have video of that? Excuse me. You Bill can, Ritter, does yeah. he have that? Why don't you go videotape <laughs> Bo Needle Gay Pride Parade <laughs> and a pink jacket on with a rainbow shirt? It was, it was no, nice. I believe you were there, but you no. actually got hit in the side of the head with a with a moving penis? Well, what kind of closer? This, this one was so big, this thing's going to hit me a block away. And now, now we're all of a sudden with our immigration. Oh, no, no, before we go up there, let's stay with the Transformers. With this uh, Leah Thomas, you know what's going on. Oh, uh, the swimmer from Pennsylvania. Yeah, and that is poor yeah. girl, uh, Paula Scanlon, and the other ones. They're fighting, and the college is against it. It's so disgusting. What are we going to do? Here it is. Let's stop this fake nonsense. Here it is. If you got a shaft, you're a man. You want to cut your shaft off? You're, then you can be a eunuch or eunuch. Right. Nobody wants to talk about it. Just turn our faces back and <laughs> yeah. forth. These translucents, there's point. Zero three percent, and they're controlling everything. You did good with that advertising company. What was that advertising? Don't Bud Light, also. Budweiser. No, no. Captivity Eight. Oh yes, yeah. And yes. they put this Mulvaney thing over there. Yeah, real. And Target. Don't you understand? People don't want this in their face. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, cut your shaft off, put a shaft on. I don't care. Keep it away from my children. Little children go to school, and little children want to learn, and they want to see Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Why do I got to show my penis at five and six years old? I got a problem now. Okay, we yeah. all know about our immigration problem here, right? Big we one. all know about yeah. it. Now I'm reading there's a 50% deadly bacteria that is in the United States that they can't stop. I wonder if it came across that, uh, the, the, the Colorado River there, Rio Grande. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we got a bacteria we don't even know. What the hell else is in these people? Did you put any people in your house in Rockways? No, I've decided not to, Bo. I gave it uh, careful consideration. I decided no migrants at the Rosenberg house. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Sorry. Well, I'm going to tell you something. In reality, in reality, there's a lot of room at Gracie Mansion. He ain't there. I live on 90. I look down. I don't ever see him there. He's never there. Put tents out. Put them out. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to stop this, Eric? What are, what are we up to 100,000? Probably more. When are we going to stop this nonsense? 
that New York City is decaying. And that song, I wipe people, the eve of destruction. Play it all day long, because where are the eve of destruction? So we don't, you're, you see, you're a friend like I am. Yeah. You, you admit in public, seriously, you admit in public, you call Eric Adams your friend. So do I. Yes, fact, yes, I'm, I like Eric me Adams. Me too. In fact, I'm invited got, to a big fundraiser you know for my friend. I'm going to tell you, see, you know what I need to do? I, I, when I was up in Greg Olson's apartment, yeah. you, we were looking out the window. It was high up on the Time Ward. I actually slapped him in the face. Like, f- funnily. Eric said, or Greg Olson? Eric Adams. And I said, look at Mr. Mayor. And I, you know, friendly slap yeah, him. Yeah. And yeah. I said, Mr. Mayor, look out there. This is your city. You own this city. And I feel this way about it. Please make our city great, Eric. And he looked at me. He didn't know, boast like a psychopath. <laughs> he needs a nice bow slap in the face he to does. realize one thing. This is you, baby. This yeah, it is your time. But don't freak it up. <laughs> don't freak it up with all these immigrants. It is your time. I almost got hit again by one of these cucarachas on another motorcycle with no license plate. Where do we stop it? Well, we need more bus lanes. You know what we need? You know what we need? We need more traffic lanes, more bus lanes, more this. First of all, we wouldn't have congestion pricing. And you got rid of some of these bus lanes. And who started it? Big Bird with his wife. Why isn't Letitia James going after Big Bird and his wife for $1.5 billion operation drive? Now we can find places for these illegals. What about my veterans who are on the street homeless? What about the homeless people? Why didn't we do this? Something to help them. Now I'm worried about El Cucaracho. I'm not. I'm worried about my Americans. Yes. And I want to take care of my Americans. And now let's get on to the most important thing. Donald Trump. I know 40 years. You know how I feel about yes, it. Yes, I do. But right now, this is a serious situation. We have to get together, and we have to start stop calling names back. we got to put a winning team together. I'm calling upon you, Donald. They're coming after you. But right now, don't insult people. You should saddle up with DeSantis, and I like that guy, Scott, and we should put a winning team together because you know who's going to be galloping from the – like the galloping gourmet – Obama's wife's going to be galloping in when 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 Biden falls down here. We have you to put a so? winning you, team. You think and here's the Obama issues. Yeah. Here's the issues. It's not a personal issue. What we have to do is use the issues that are affecting Americans, the economy, the defense, and all these things. And your friend Gordon Chang, who I love, they're coming. You saw yesterday? You look out your window? It looked like a nuclear winter. That's I what know. it looked like. And if we keep going in our direction, that would be real. Oh, that, 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 that yellow you see out there? And these Chinese are ready to go. And they get infiltrated over that same border. They have spies all over the place. But we'll worry about going after Donald Trump. We'll worry about this. We'll worry about that. We are so weak. We're so weak. Donald Trump, think about it. You want to make America great? Show how you love this country. Step Back and then I guess what? When you get convicted and you're going to put go put you in jail, then your friend DeSantis that you knock will give you the pardon, and you don't have to go to jail. You understand? <laughs> Stop knocking Trump! Stop knocking Trump! DeSantis, he has the same policy as you. Let's get together. Let's band together. Let's appeal to Democrats, independents, and all Republicans in everywhere. We have to change the direction because if we lose the House, all these. Sticky investigations are going down the sewer. We got to keep the house. We got to try to win the Senate, and we need a president that's going to turn this sinking Titanic country, city, and state down. We got to get strong again. And you know what? It's got to, sh- like I said, even with McCain, Trump has to say things, and he has to show he loves this country. Make America great. You know how you can make America great, Donald Trump? Is support your friend there, the governor. That Yes, you gave him the ideas, and he took your ideas. So you're the catalyst of making him a great 
governor, and you're the catalyst that can make him a great president that can save this country. <laughs> and that's what we need. And I love that man, Scott. Smart guy. Or even that Swami guy. Throw him in there, Secretary Vivid of State. Ramaswamy. Yeah, that, that guy, guy too. Yeah. We can throw him in there. But so you're, you're you. convinced that Donald Trump can't win. You're convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Convinced. He's got like a 35. He's got like a 35 core, core group. <laughs> yeah. You can't win with that. But here, the other thing is, guess what's going on? Remember we talked about it last week? They got this new thing. If you get convicted of a misdemeanor, three years it's off your record. If you get convicted of felony, I think you'd be murdered. Seven years Seven it's off years. your record. Seven years, Now I find out there's a con convicted of guns working in elementary school. Next you're going to have murders and rapists taking care of our children. When does this nonsense stop, Sid? I love this city. I love this country. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I love you, Sid. Let's please keep letting people know we have to win this election more than our lives. Thank you. Birthday, Bosquez. Lito. Something tells me Boz is one of Liz Pipko's favorite all-time artists. I don't know why. I just. I think she's still recovering. I'm getting that up on Bo. She hangs out with Trump. You think Bo scares her? I shouldn't uh, yes. say that on the air, by the way. Uh, yes. I do that all the time. I promise you, I'm never going to say stuff. And I say it every time. No, What's the matter with me? you got to make sure. If you tell it to you, it's on the air. Right. I'm, That's the problem. I feel like the mic's No, at on. least, no. We, I mean, we, no, I don't put everything on the air. But... No. It's, I've told you things, and you haven't done it. Really? Yeah, it's very few. Name one. Uh-huh, very good. <laughs> See what I did there? That's right. Almost Simon got says. you. Simon says. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you think? Yeah, that's good. Think? Come on. I didn't fall off a turnip. No, wagon. I know. Uh, it was uh, a carrot truck. <laughs> do you even know who Boss Gags is? Who? You do. I do. Because moments ago I said Mary Lou Hanna is going to join us. And when I was growing up, a lot of guys my age had a crush on Mary Lou. And again, I think Travolta ended up with her. I'm not going to bring it up with her, but maybe I will. I don't know. But uh, the show Taxi. 
You've never seen that show? No. Can you name two of the people on that show? I can't even, you know, just, I don't she even know if it exists. You could be making it up show. right now. What? She never saw the show, so why? Yeah, but you, you still may, I never saw Babe Ruth play, but I heard his name. Oh, I've never heard this name. I have no idea. You know, Babe Ruth? No. Oh, no, taxi. the show. Right. You've heard of Danny DeVito. <laughs> of course. Yeah. He was the big star. He played hey, so Louis Palma. I can name one, Danny DeVito. You've, you've heard of Tony Danza? Yes, Who's the boss? He was on the show. Okay. You ever see the movie Grease with John Travolta? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, the guy that played <laughs> Kanicki, no, Jeff Conaway. Yeah. He was on okay, the show. Okay. How are we doing so far? This is good. Pretty this good. Is good uh, for me. Have you ever seen Back to the Future? Yes. You know My the guy's favorite movie. Christopher Lloyd. Okay. He was. By the way, what an unbelievable cast. Have you ever seen um, um, Man on the Moon? No. That's Jim Carrey. Okay. Andy Kaufman was on the show. Carol Kane. Independence Day. It's insane. No. Okay. Judd Hirsch. Is... Judd Hirsch is the biggest star of all. He was the big star. Yes. yes it was Rieger. That's right, Riga. Very good. I got to tell you, and I'll bring this up with Mary Lou. I always thought Cheers was far and away the show with the most stars. It's close. I mean, Cheers had a ton, though. Come on, Ted Danson, Shelley Long, Woody Christy, Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Uh, the other guy that caught with cocaine, Frazier. Oh, Frazier. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, uh, but I just forgot his yeah. name. It's close, man. Cheers or Taxi? Who am I forgetting? Danson, Long, Alley. The two, Harrelson. The, the two guys who sat at the bar all the time, George, and uh, uh, the guy who knew all the crazy facts. Um, yeah, to Ted Danson. Oh, uh, Shelley. Oh, the other one, uh, uh, Kirstie Alley. Did Kirstie you say Alley, her? yes. Did you say her? Yeah. It was big. Oh, it's a lot. They already got six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get to uh, Mary Lou Henner. She's got a uh, a new show coming out. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. It's actually a prequel uh, to a show you folks have already seen, the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries. But, of course, again, we all grew up with uh, Mary Lou in that great show. Taxi. She's done like a million shows and movies. And uh, like I said, uh, every guy my age had the hots for Mary Lou Henner. All of us, here she is. Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning. Well, you better still have the hots for me. Nothing's changed. You you, you you still are absolutely so cute. You really are. It's amazing. Well, so Thank you. You're welcome. Are, oh, are you like, are you uh, in New York this morning or California? No, I'm in California. But you know, I heard you guys are having the kind of air quality that we usually have. This is even worse. This is. I mean, I know that you're joking. I know. I know. I know. My son lives in Brooklyn, and he's like, "Oh, mom, he's coming here tomorrow, though." So not because of the the uh, the, the the air. But um, it's bad there. It's terrible. You know. Wow. You know the uh, the worst. We had a ra- we had a rating, Mary Lou, yesterday of over four hundred eighty, and they say anything over three hundred is like really hazardous, like it can kill you. We had four eighty yesterday. See, his son is leaving Brooklyn at the right time. Wow. Yeah. Probably. I hope he can. I hope the pilot can see to fly the plane. I heard it was grounded. Things were were closed. Broadway was shut down a little bit. So. Yeah, it was bad. It, it, very uh, eerily similar, Mary Lou, to COVID. And when I walked outside the gym yesterday, uh, the first thing oh. I thought of, yes, I'm in t- tremendous shape. The first thing I thought of was uh, was 9-11. I mean, the smell, the color of the sky. Oh, oh of course. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oh. Did you live? Now you lived in California forever. Or you lived here at one point. No, no, no. I lived. I've been back and forth all the time because I do a lot of Broadway. My sister lives there, so I always have a place to stay. So I get to New York as often as I can. Oh, and I'm bringing a play to New York. Oh my God, I'll have to come in and do it in person when I come. I'm going to be there in August to do a play. It's called Mad Women of the West, and right now I'm doing it with Caroline Aaron from Mrs. Maisel, uh, oh, Joe wow. Beth Williams, of course, from Big Chill Poltergeist, and also. Melanie Mayron from 30-something. Wow. So we're doing this play now, and we're going to bring it to New York. So I'll have to come in person and hang out with you guys. I used to love Thanks. that show, 30-something, too. I love Melanie. That is, that is, that, well, now, she was the one mar- married to Timothy Busfield or the other guy? No, no, no. No, she wasn't married to them. She was, uh, she was uh, Ken Olin's Ken Olin, uh, right, cousin. Right, right. She was his cousin, and she was dating the, the Gary character. Oh, okay, know? okay. That was a terrific yeah. show, too. So Mary Lou Henner makes her way uh, back and forth between New York and California. So uh, as you're on hold, of course, I was talking. And by the way, if you do any show in New York, you do this show. We're number one by a mile. This is as good as it gets. Don't worry about Stern. That's over. That's old news. I miss his dad. You come here. Um, but talking about the <laughs> classics, we're trying to figure out who had more stars on uh, on their respective show. Cheers or Taxi? No, Taxi. Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, Judd Hirsch, Tony Danza, Carol Kane, me, you know, and then Andy Kaufman and Jeff Conaway. Oof. So, come on. That's that is, pretty good. That is, I mean, did you realize at the time the amount of star power that show had? Well, you know, you you you, you feel so great about the working, you know, the people you're working with, the environment, the producers, the writing, and you just feel like, it, things are going to go on from here for everybody. You know, and Judd was doing Ordinary People while he was doing Taxi. Wow. And, you know, uh, Jeff had just come off of Grease, and Danny and Chris had come off of uh, uh, Cuckoo's Nest, but then Danny, his forget about it. He's, I do a cameo in his movie this summer, Haunted Mansion, the Disney film. So you're going to get to see both of us, not on screen at the same time, but... In the same movie. Oh, I love that. That's okay. great. And he blew up. You're right. He had all the, the oh, stuff with uh, Schwarzenegger and all of his other stuff that he did himself and Michael Douglas. And, I yeah. mean, come on. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. But you know what's great about that show, though, Mary Lou, is that I know you mentioned Carol Kane, and I guess she was with on the show with uh, with Andy Kaufman. But you were the you were the real female star. I mean, you go back to that show. Oh, and I, I was the only female in it for four years. Right. And then Carol came the fifth season. Right. Yeah. That's pretty so. cool, no? I, 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 you know, I, I figured out what I was going to wear the next day. I, you know, was always thinking about my what I was going to wear to the set the next day as I would fall asleep. You know, by the way, Mary Lou, not to get political because you live in a state that is every bit as bad as mine. I don't care whether we're a Republican, Democrat. I'm a Republican. That's the way it is. And uh, I can't stand the way the Democrats run these states. But if you try to put taxi on today because you were the only woman star, you get a lot of you get a lot of knock. You know that, right? Yeah. Probably right. It's a different time too. It's a different time, right? I mean, we used to we used to have actors and actresses that were great at what they did, like you did, and that was good enough. Now we've got to meet about thirty quotas. That's a whole other story for a different time. But tell me about the uh, the prequel coming up to this uh, great show, Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries. Something new is the prequel. I know you've got uh, you've got Scott Samuels in there, Evan Roderick in there, and you. Tell me about this new show. Okay, so we did 18 series of, you know, of our, the original Aurora Tea Garden. This is a prequel. She's just gotten out of college. She's back home living with her mom, the part I play, 
and you see sort of the early makings of the Aurora detective that she became, um, and you see how she, how much she loves crime, solving crimes. So it all starts kind of in her bedroom, the way she mocks up the wall, and later on, you're, if the people who the people who know the series are going to love seeing how it all began and all the little Easter eggs that we have put in the show for people to say, oh, my gosh, that's going to show up later. Oh, my God. Oh, there's somebody who hmm. dies in one of the series, you know, in one of the movies. Yeah. So I think that people will really, the diehard fans, I think, are going to love this because it's the beginning, and they'll get a real sense of where it all started. I always love that. I love when you go back. I, I, to be honest, I don't think David Chase did a great job with it when he did the uh, the Saints of Newark for the Sopranos. But there's so many shows I can think of that I'd really love to see where it all began. So I think just right. the theme for this is great, Mary Lou. Yes, thank you. No, I think people are really going to lo- love it. And, and Skyler's fantastic. And these the, Evan and, and Skyler, who are two of the leads from the regular series, the original series, they really did their homework. So they have a lot of the same mannerisms, and I think awesome. people will feel like it's going to be great. That's coming up, by the way, this Friday, my father's birthday. God rest my father's soul. Harvey, June 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Friday, June 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Make sure you watch it because we all love Mary Lou Henner. Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, something new. Oh, somebody just told me, Mary Lou, that if you're going to talk about Taxi, my friend Frankie, Taxi and Cheers, you may want to throw the Mary Tyler Moore Show in the mix. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's the same producers. Is that right? Well, the, the, the guys from Mary Tyler Moore, they said, okay, now we want to do a series mostly featuring men. So that's how Taxi came about. So it was Jim Brooks, Ed Weinberger, Stan Daniels, and uh, Dave Davis. So they, they, when they finished Mary Tyler Moore, they did Taxi. And then from that, two of their producers, two of our second-tier produce, producers, uh, Les and Glenn Charles, the Charles brothers, they and Jim Brooks did uh, – they and Jim Burroughs did um cheers wow all three shows the same guys yeah that's unbelievable listen promise me you'll come in in august i'm dying to meet you oh absolutely i will be there all i right, will well, be there best of luck on friday night you're, you're you're still beautiful and wonderful and thank you so much thank you okay bye bye mary lou henna right there sid rosenberg here radio 77 this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Jeff Conaway reference. He played Kanicki in Greece. We just had Mary Lou Henner on. Folks, ABC listeners, get ready for your chance to win big. The Paramount Huntington, Long Island presents an incredible opportunity to experience one of these three amazing shows. Coming up this Sunday, June 11th, he was just on this show two days ago. My dear friend Chaz Palminteri doing his one-man show of Bronxdale. Then, two nights later, June 13th, the iconic Nancy Wilson, the voice of art. She takes center stage. And one day after that, 
Wednesday, June the 14th, the voice of the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward, teams up with five-time Grammy Award winner, the great Christopher Cross. <laughs> These three shows in four nights. Unbelievable. Again, Chaz Palminteri on the 11th, Hart, Nancy Wilson on the 13th, Hayward and uh, Cross on the 14th. You can win a pair of tickets to any one of those three amazing shows right now. You call a number nine at 1-800-848-9222. That's caller number nine, 1-800-848-9222. Your chance at one of these three amazing shows. You can also purchase tickets if you don't win at ParamountNY.com. That's ParamountNY.com. So you were here, uh, Liz Pipko, about three weeks ago, but it was it was when Trump got indicted. Was that three weeks ago? Maybe a month ago. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like a few years have passed. No, it does. Because, and every time you come in, you make your way into the studios, and uh, you're a great friend of mine. Now, Darren, your husband, has become a friend of the station, Chad, and everybody. And uh, she was here when he got indicted, and ironically, he said, hey, I'm coming back again, and mm-hmm. now we're talking indictment again. Yep. I think next time I'm here... It's going to be the third one. Another indictment. Yeah, probably. Well, listen, I mean, uh, this one is going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if George is out there January 6th, so we kind of laugh about it. But on a serious note, we do run the risk that every time you're ready to come back to New York, it'll be indictment day. I just got to come more often, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. so we can yeah. spread the indictments around And a maybe that'll stop him from getting indicted. Who knows? Who yeah. knows the power that I hold? Well, are you uh, happy now, no matter what happens rest of today, because Bill O'Reilly agreed with you? <laughs> Bo Dito disagreed. Arthur Idala disagreed. Judge Napolitano disagreed. But Bill O'Reilly was right with you. True. Um, I don't know. I think I like when people disagree. I think that's what makes America great. And I am always fine people disagreeing with me. And you don't care really whether don't. you're right or not. I mean, I'd like to be right. I'm a but woman. You don't care. You don't care. I, oh, I, oh, it's because you're a woman. Yeah, we like to be right. You know. You think women like to be right, right more than men? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Now, why do you, why do you think? I think you're right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm afraid to say it because I'm a man and I'll be labeled all kinds of horrible things. And then Margo's <laughs> going to yell at me. So uh, you're a woman. You can say it. It's kind of like Chris Rock can say stuff I can't say. Right. So why do you think uh, it's more important for women to be right? I don't know. I think we're more emotional. Men look at the bigger picture. That's all true. Yeah. So in the moment. This is why you're great. But this, also- is why, <laughs> this is why when John buys CNN, if you don't have, first of all, you're, you're uh, a beautiful woman. If you're not on television... It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a huge problem <laughs> because you say things that, that A, are true, B, very few other people have the balls to say, C, that may even piss some women off. You need to be on TV. There'll you need a, to be on the new Cats and the TDs news network. There'll be a revolt otherwise. I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, is she not on the money? Yeah. Does your girlfriend, MJ, tend to be, uh, tend to be more emotional than you? No. You're such a wuss, my God. No. What are you, again, pot kettle. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I admit it. You cry when I say good morning. I've missed you. (laughs) I am a very sensitive person, yes. Are you? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm very sensitive, yeah. 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 I mean, there's not a movie. No, no. Men are sensitive, but they're sensitive in private. No, I'm not. I'm I'm sensitive everywhere. Are you? I've I've cried on this show a thousand times. Like Friday, for example, tomorrow. Is uh, June 9th. Mm-hmm. That's my dad's birthday. Pretty sure that's a reasonable reason. That, that one's so you're okay balanced. with that? Of course. All right, but if I yeah. cry like I do every time, I've only seen it a hundred times. A <laughs> hundred. Uh-huh. And when I see Brian's song or Terms of Endearment, I start to cry. Well, there's there's a few movies out there that absolutely crush people, so that's okay. Give me one that uh, made you cry. I cried Besides your wedding video. <laughs> <laughs> different kind of tears. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cry at everything, but... 
I, like, I've watched Miracle, for example, probably oh. 87,000 oh. times. Oh. I ball just when the speech starts. Before they've won anything, I'm yeah. already, I'm already balling. That's, uh, what's his name? He played Herb Brooks. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell yeah. So I have to imagine, being that you were the, uh, you were almost, uh, an Olympic figure skater. You were very, very close. And you still skate all the time despite having numerous injuries. That a movie that makes me cry every time when they throw the roses on the ice. And she's skating blindly and still picks them up. If you don't cry during ice castles, you have a black heart. I mean, I cry again. I cried everything. So it's, it's not, that, that it's one's not tough. you know, good um, for the movie. But yeah, no, I mean, I think any skating movie will get me. Regardless. Any skating Yeah. Movie. I know there was more than one. Are there ice a bunch? Princess. Ice Princess. Ice Princess is the number. One. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows what? Ice Princess. What? No, no, no. Everybody knows Ice Castle. For sure. It's a little older. But... What about Slapshot? <laughs> you either cried or not? When Paul Newman says, if you hit me one more time, I'm going to piss my pants. <laughs> no, when this, the Hanson brothers the sing Hanson an actual brothers. anthem, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is going, I have no idea. What I really have no, have no idea. idea. You have no idea what we're talking about? No. You know, it's a hockey no. movie, uh, Dating Miracle Wayne. is my hockey movie. Miracle is yeah, your hockey movie. She your life, whole life started Greece, though, in like 19, what was the year your life started? I mean, I was born in 95. So your, your life started, started. paying attention in like 2005. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So anything before you don't know and don't no care idea. about. No. Yeah. So you want to be on TV though. That's that's always been your your dream. So I mean, it depends what I'm doing, but I mean, who doesn't want to be on TV? Okay. So in all seriousness, this is going to be the biggest story in New York today. Just be. got the mini cast <laughs> that John and when Councilman TD says something, he he, he means it. it. Yeah. And he, not only does he mean it, but he's got the means to do it. So if John says I'm going to go buy CNN or look look to buy CNN, right. it's it's gonna it could happen. And that would be something that would be right up your alley, right? I, mean, I would not complain. You would not complain. I mean, do you yeah. want to do news or would you rather do entertainment or? I don't see myself as a journalist, but I think nowadays, like, our culture is solely focused on politics and news, which is sad in a few, re- you know, for a few reasons because yeah. it kind of takes over and makes things very negative. But it's also really important because young people kind of can't get away from it because of social media. So it's, it's good to be involved. I'm not a journalist, but I will always be involved in commentary. Yeah, it's funny you're saying that the journalists because, you know, for people that see you, and this is a problem in America today, if they see a very pretty lady, for example, Alina Harvard talked about this, one of Trump's attorneys, they don't take them very seriously when it comes to their job. For sure. Right? It still exists. Yes. So, you know, you come off as this, ah, you're smiley, you're pretty, all this <laughs> stuff, but you're you're really smart, Thank really you. smart. You're welcome. It's true. Um, but, it don't, but I think you, sometimes you enjoy that people may not think that about you. Why is that? Why don't you want people to think you're smart? No, I think I do. Um, I just graduated from Penn. I got my master's, which everyone that knows me believes I did Wait, solely to prove people wrong. You about. went to the same, you graduated from the same school as Donald Trump? I did. University of Pennsylvania? <laughs> University of Pennsylvania, that's, yes. that's, By the way, that is a huge accomplishment. Thank you, thank you. I graduated a few weeks ago. Very exciting. So, yeah, I do things like that just to prove I'm smart because sometimes <laughs> it gets a little annoying. Yeah. But... People underestimating you is always fun. Well, that's true. You're right. You come back and you get the last laugh. Exactly. In fact, we'll come back talking about the last laugh and get the last comment. More of Liz Pipko. We wrap up what's been an amazing Thursday show with me, Sid. We're coming right back. This 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.